welcome to the NFT Jungle. I am Emma, aka Nifty Meta Girl, and in this episode, we are going to be featuring um, one of the Twitter Spaces held within Meta Jungle Discord, hosted by Sarah Lindsay and myself. We hold a regular series called Navigating from IG to NFTs to discuss the details of coming from the Web2 space of being a photographer featured on Instagram or regularly using Instagram and discussing that journey coming into NFTs. Um, So we regularly talk about social media related topics, but also current events in the NFT space. And this episode was originally filmed on February 18th, 2022, Um, but within this episode, episode, we discuss topics related to pricing your NFTs. And so we hope you find this helpful. Hi, guys. Hope everyone is doing well this evening. This is Emma, aka Nifty Meta Girl. We'll get the room set up. It looks like Miss Sarah just arrived. So we'll get her up here to the co-host spot. But glad you guys are joining us this evening. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? Good. How are I'm you? Good. I'm good. Doing good. Excited yeah. for this for this space tonight. <laughs> Me too. I've been looking forward yeah. to it. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot of stuff. This is a. I know. I think yeah. It's be good. This is a this is a big topic too. It's going to be good to get some. I completely agree, and it will be interesting too. Um, this is ma- this is my first one to host with the new emojis. I know. They changed it. <laughs> but you can change the color of the heart, right? I think you can. You can. If you hold, if you open it up and hold down on the heart, then it gives you options to change oh. what color it is. I see some yellow hearts out there. For oh, that. yes. <laughs> yes. some yellow love. <laughs> I kind of wish that they kept the fist bump, though. I think that's that what it was. That was a good one. I know. I know. They could have maybe let us customize a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the heart was definitely needed, I think. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> we need the heart. Maybe the clapping is like the fist bump now. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. They all work. It's good we don't have an angry emoji in there. <laughs> I have wondered if they would add that in there. I know. <laughs> the mad <But>, face. <laughs> oh, yeah. That could stir, stir some things. We just got to keep it positive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I just got, I've, I've just been onboarded to Sloika. I'm so excited. Congratulations. Yay. That's awesome. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be good. Yes. You did a good job. The platform um, presents the work so nice. I love the feature that you can open up the collection and scroll through instead of having to close and open, close and open. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Very true. I don't know what I'm going to put on there yet, but I have so much work. Like I have, I have like 12 years worth of so much <laughs> photography. So I've got, I've got some options. It's always good to have options. <laughs> yes. So what time is it where you are right now? Um, I am in the same time zone. It is six o'clock for me. So that works oh. out really good. Oh, yes. well, it's five here. I'm, I'm oh, is now. it? So yeah, I didn't five. realize that. Okay. Very good. It's a little earlier. Yeah. Ooh, so we're filling up, getting some people in here. They are. Hi, guys. Oh, we got Vince. Hi, Vince. <laughs> We got Alpha too. Hi, Alpha. How are you? 
<laughs> oh, Ben, Ginger, Ginger, hi. I hope you guys are all doing well. What? Alpha still has the hundreds. What's going on? <laughs> Maybe he hasn't updated his app yet. hasn't updated yet. Mine didn't. I think it just updates for you. Oh, maybe it does. Yeah. It's mine changed over. <laughs> it might transform for him, huh? <laughs> yeah. I think it would be really cool to talk about like pricing from both perspectives, artists and collectors. I think that's a good idea yeah. for sure. Especially for us artists, because we were just like throwing in here being like, what do we do? How do we price these? <laughs> Well, and it is, um, it is an interesting topic for sure to know, you know, what it kind of continues with the expectations, you know? Yeah. And there's lots to think about with pricing. Like it's not, it's, it really is something you just can't dive into without learning. As many of us know, in the early days of making all the mistakes of this work, because <laughs> whatever you really do, it, it will follow you. And it really like sets the price for your stuff, what you do early on. Very true. Yes. Um, and there's, you know, sometimes it seems like I've been so surprised. I've been surprised that in this space, even though there's a lot of different people and from different places, how much um, there's people kind of trends, you know, that happen. Yeah, true. Very true. I noticed that the price range of like, 0.25 seems to be quite popular of a price range. Photo I can I can like speak for for, uh, yeah. for probably many photographers when even before NFTs like knowing what how to price your work was always a, a topic and everybody was always confused. Which is understandable for sure because there's not really a guideline or no. a standard to go by. No. And like, no one really shares the information either. Like people don't want to talk about those things, how much <laughs> they price their work for. Which hopefully we can create a space where people are um, a lot more comfortable with sharing that information and view it as, you know, the community winning if we have some things that we can all see together. So yeah, definitely. I know what I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, um, just in terms of like what I'm giving up when I give up the image and that should really like reflect in the price because the more like that was such a good space the last one where we we're talking about like the expectations between collectors and artists that was so good and I kind of went on hand in hand with pricing for me just learning like the expectations from collectors and you don't really want to be giving away like your especially some of the images that you'll never re can probably never recreate again. You don't want to be giving them out for pennies. There's that is, yeah, that is very true. And there's, you know, also with understanding what it is that you are expecting to be transferring to a collector. Yeah. Um, is a, is the basis for them deciding what that value should be and how that's going to be long-term. Yeah, Totally. I think obviously, as Alpha was saying last time, like in my eyes, it's like pretty much the more you give up as a photographer, you got to be pricing your stuff higher. Like the more rights you give up to the sure. image. Yeah. And, and at the same time too, like not only that, but if we're trying to make a living as photographers or as yeah. artists, you have to price your work accordingly for that. You know, because if 
if you're like a lot of us here where you just you either didn't have a day job to begin with or you just quit it because you're like i'm fully divulging myself into the art you know you got to make income at the end of the day and you know whatever you were making annually before you have to try and at least match it up in this space yeah absolutely i agree with that especially for the full-timers really really have to consider that 100%. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut anyone off. <laughs> no way. No. We want people to come up and speak. We got a, we got a good amount of people. And oh, here comes Vince. Anybody that wants to come up and speak and I, add some to this conversation. And while we're here and while we're just chilling and resetting the room here, I pinned the space up to the top, people. Everyone go retweet it out. Let's get some more people in here. This is that why wanna, I asked you to come. That want to <laughs> learn about pricing their work, that want to learn about, you know, even converting from Instagram to Twitter and, and just the conversion uh, there in NFTs, you know, people struggle with that in itself. So let's yeah. get some more uh, speakers. Let's get some more listeners, knowledgeable people up here in the space. Charlie, what's going on? I see you down there. Don't be hiding. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> I can see there's a lot of very knowledgeable people that have joined so far. So this is good. hundred percent. Yeah. Ash, I see Brandon down there. And don't don't think that I'm not stalking each one of your profiles too, just because you're not a speaker. <laughs> I'm I'm going through every single one of you. It's all love here. <laughs> okay, let's get this thing rolling. <laughs> let's get the show on the road. I think we got enough people in here. And again, anybody that wants to come up and add some knowledge to this, pricing is such a big topic. There's going to be a lot of input here. Can I just start us off with a question? Yes. So I, you know, you could probably think I'm on the other side of the table. Um, I just started a website and I'm thinking about starting a DAO. Um, and what the DAO would do and what the website is essentially going to do, regardless of the DAO, either with a contract or whatever, is like basically I'd like to com like to commission um, photo projects. And I know that Obscura is a DAO that's doing this. They handle it a little bit differently than the way I would want to. They are a full DAO where like the all of the like token holders or whatever like vote on their assignments that they want to do or something like that. Um, but I mean, my, my question is, is like, you know, I come from a, a media publishing world and I want to work with photographers and I'm having a hard time, um, understanding what photographers would want to be paid and what photographers would want in terms of a rights structure in a photo essay context. So like, you know, it doesn't particularly matter to me as long as my readers get to look at fantastic photography. So like it could be on like a license basis, but I, I'd love to know what anyone thinks on this because at the end of the day, I'm trying to commission photo essays from people and yeah. Um, I'd say as much as possible to the artist because I see a lot of people that are making these and they're either giving all of the royalties and all the percentages straight to the artist. And they're kind of just doing like a behind the scenes, like, you know, we'll help get your name out there sort of thing. Now I know that's not practical for a lot of people, obviously at the end of the day, everyone needs a percentage, but you know, the higher the percentage for the artist, I think the more that they're going to want to, you know, join in uh, with you, you know, um, 
two reasons. The one I already stated and two, because, you know, the NFT space was supposed to cut out all of those like extra expenses and middlemen, you know, that sort of thing to get our names out there and, and for exhibitions and all that sort of thing. So keeping the, the uh, percentage rate, sorry, I just got DM uh, as, as low as possible, I think on, on your end would be uh, favorable on your side. What about, um, that's fine. I mean, that seems completely reasonable to me. Um, what about, what about rights though? Because like the, the, the interesting thing about like web publishing like that is like, uh, um, you know, like you need in order for the blog post to like exist in perpetuity, you need license, you need a license to use that in perpetuity. You know what I mean? And can you uh, co-writes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, just a contract at some point. Uh, just, I mean, it depends on what it states, but you know, I, I don't think that any photographer, or I, at least I speak for myself and a, a few others. I don't think that we would have any problem, you know, s- splitting the, the rights to a specific photo. Um, if it was just, you know, putting it out there, getting our name for a blog post or whatever, uh, you know, just talking a little bit about us as an artist um, I don't think anyone would be opposed to that at all, uh, but that's just my opinion. I'm not going to speak for everyone. <laughs> so just to just to summarize, if, or let's, <laughs> sure. Uh, just to summarize, so like let's let's just throw this basket up, right? Let's let's say that um, you know, I like either reach out to to a, like a photographer, like to you as a hypothetical reto- photographer. Or like you have a pitch for some, you know, somehow like we've connected and you have a pitch and I'm like, here, here's some, here's a big allocation of money from the Dow. Right. And, uh, there's that. And then there's also a contract and in the contract, it says that the Dow has a license to display the image, um, in perpetuity, but that's it. And then if you would like to like sell that as an NFT, you're, you know, you, you, you do you, but as far as that's concerned, like, that's how, that's how it could work. I think that's perfectly reasonable because in the, in the grand scheme of things and just leaving your thing aside for just a moment at, at the end of the day, a lot, I get the question a lot. Am I able to sell prints on my website of the same thing that I have an NFT for? I'm like, well, yes, it's two different aspects. You know, that's still like kind of web two. This is web three. It's two different things. Yes, go ahead and do it. You know, they're probably going to be two different price points anyways. You know, people buying straight up prints and frames will spend a lot less money than they will on an NFT. Um, <laughs> so that, that goes into the same thing as what you were saying, you know, being able to use it and being able to still sell it. I think I don't think that anyone would would have an issue with that especially if you're coming up to them up front and here's, and you're just like, here's a little down payment uh, <laughs> and a contract. But I don't think anyone would fear the contract after, after reading something like that. Um, especially after talking to you in a, uh, spaces too. I, I know I've talked to you in a whole bunch of them. So you got ideas out that the wazoo like this. Um, <laughs> so I was trying yeah. to pay photographers. That's what I found in my last job. It's like, I couldn't even, I like, the check is almost blank you know what i mean <laughs> but the it was the contract that really um brought us down but just to be clear for everyone here for my website if i reach out to any of you guys about like interviewing you for 
like just interviewing you about a drop that you're doing. I collect, I, uh, you know, I, I think this is obvious, but I do not collect any percentage from that. That's just me blocking about your, about your, about your post. So I will never ask for percentage for like an interview or anything like that. And that's, and that's awesome. And I think that's something that we, we all look for in this space. So yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem at all. I got a, this is a side question. Why does everyone have different colored hearts? Can we change that? Yes, you can. (laughs) If you hold, if you hold down on, you hold down on the heart. I think that's oh, that's it. sweet. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, I had no idea. Thank you. Yeah, you sweet. Know, you know, I'm never changing the color of mine. Set. It's it's staying at yellow. You're like, did it start out like that? Mine was just like no. Purple. It was, mine was it red. Was purple. It was it was purple. <laughs> At, um, Evan, is it Evan? Your name is Evan, right? Yes, it's Evan. Okay, I don't have um. I basically just agree with everything that Ben just said. So that's why my response to what you had asked but um as a photographer like I've, I've only been here for about two months so as a photographer coming into this space I've relied like heavily on what my peers are doing for pricing and really watching them especially ones that I consider like for me I've taken everything into consideration with pricing how long I've been a photographer for many, many things. Like I, I do this for a full-time living, so I definitely need to make a living out of it. But really looking at what my peers are doing has been like the basis of how I've set my pricing. And I have a feeling many of us are the same. So whoever has been in this space the longest has really like paved the way for us with pricing. I don't know if anybody else agrees with that, has anything to add to that. That's what they've been doing when they came into this space. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I I think it's what you research and what you're knowledgeable on coming into this space is kind of just how you'll base your entire NFT. And I, I like to tell that as basically my story is how I fucked up my whole collection. Uh, and I'm so, I don't know if anyone else saw the email from OpenSea. So I basically get a redo. So thanks OpenSea for that one. Um, free redo. Uh, so I, I joined the space, if you will, last August, uh, but not on Twitter. I just found out about NFTs because I just quit my job and I was like, I want to be a photographer. Uh, and I just started researching, you know, uh, how to be able to make income as a photographer. And I just stumbled upon a video about NFTs and about three months later I joined Twitter because Instagram wasn't working with NFTs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But I had done a whole bunch of research and all the research I had found was on profile picture collections because that's what was really, really big last summer. You know, crypto punks, board apes, all that stuff was huge. Um, Yada, yada, yada. So basically in, in coming into January 1st, when I dropped my collection, I was like, yes, I have to market myself like a profile picture collection. Everyone's doing it like this. Everyone has tiered pricing. Everyone has roadmaps and discords. That's not the case. None of that's true. You don't need, okay, you don't need a discord right away uh, until you have like an audience and a community. Uh, You don't necessarily need a roadmap, especially if you're a photographer. If you're just taking pictures, that's your fucking roadmap. I mean, if you continue to post new shit there, you're a photographer and there's your roadmap. 
you don't you don't need to be like, hey guys, I'm gonna be releasing a collection in two months after this collection. Like no fucking shit. I assume you have more than ten photos, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, at the end of the day, I had tiered pricing. I, I I did it all backwards, and now I look back and I'm like, wow, if I had just done everything differently, and it's really how who you're around and who you're doing your research on is how you'll kind of base your collection. So make sure you're doing the right research for your project and for yourself, because at the end of the day, you don't want to be like me and be thinking OpenSea for being able to take down your, your collection for free and then repost like only half of it. Uh, that's another thing is condensing your collections, making sure they're, you know, at least somewhat organized. It's a big thing. I know that was a lot of information, folks. I talk a lot. ADHD kicks straight in. <laughs> that is all. That is all good information, Ginja. Like, don't worry. <laughs> we I are agree. all learning something here. Uh, I do have a question on the same topic, though. Like, uh, I know Ginja mentioned about something that he learned along the way. Uh, Sarah, you have sold a couple of collections. I am myself currently waiting it out. Uh, but uh, is there are there learnings along the journey for you in the way you had priced your work? based on the platform or based on the pictures that you can share with us. Was that, sorry, was that, that question, was that directed at me? Or yeah, was yeah, directed yeah. At, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I thought maybe it was Ben. Um, yeah, I think I learned a lot about pricing. Like when I, again, how I went about it when I first joined in the space was just seeing what my fellow photographers were doing. Like I basically followed the people who I, was following in, in on Instagram and again who like had been in this in the photography scene about the same amount of time as me because that just helped me value myself because I really feel there's value to I don't know if other people agree with this but I do I probably will always think this way with how long you've been a photographer for like your skill level speaks volumes in my eyes in terms of pricing I just it's so you know, in the web two world, I guess it it's hard for me. So let's just say in weddings, I have had like 10 years experience to be charging the same price as someone who has one year's experience. It just doesn't work for me. So I definitely like looked at the people where I consider I'm at the same level with pricing. And I think that I started at a good range and then I increased my pricing a bit. And for me, a big thing is that I do landscape photography, but I also do self-portrait photography. And self-portrait photography is much harder. And there's like two components to it. It's not just me taking the photo. It's actually me in the photo. And sometimes I'm out there in like minus 30, minus 40 in very uncomfortable situations. So for to me, those images, especially I've been learning lately, like they are worth far more than just my regular landscape images. So that's where I'm at right now with pricing and how I see it. And then learning about um, like just learning from collectors because I love listening to collectors, what they say about things. The last space with like Meta Jungle and Alpha really, really put pricing in perspective for me as well because I feel like eventually this is if we are selling our photos as NFTs, we're kind of changing photography and we're, we're like more catering to NFTs now and losing a lot of our, 
eventually losing a lot of rights to our photos, what I feel is going to happen because we're going to have to adapt. So that also, for me, increases the price. And yeah, that's where I'm at right now. That's how I feel about pricing. Whatever you think your photo is worth, most likely double it just because it's this space. Like that's (laughs) that's what you should think. And high five on the self-portrait ones, Sarah. I have had a few of those and I'm definitely pricing them more than the others. They are so hard to do, but yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Okay, so, so we, we I... have some wait, we have some hands up here. I don't know if it was Josh. Hi Josh, Josh first. Or my other friend down there. I just can't say your name, but we were just chatting on Instagram. So I don't know who was first. Yes, Loic, you can say. Loic, hi, hi, we were hi. chatting. How are you? Uh, great, great, and thank you very much for 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 telling me about your room. So it's uh, very funny, and uh, also I I'm very glad to meet uh, Metai Jungle, and I see that Alpha Trilogy is here. So it's uh, it's very nice. Um, it's uh, one thirty a.m. here in Paris, so I I, I, um, uh, I won't be very long. But it's a very interesting topic, and I'm. I'm very keen about like uh, setting a price uh, on uh, my work, and this is actually the main constraint and the main uh, issue I have uh, uh, before I mint um, a photo on uh, on OpenSea or Foundation or whatever. Um, and sometimes I just don't do it because I don't know how to value it. Uh, I am already an experienced photographer with uh, settled communities on, on all the other social media, but here on Twitter, I'm just uh, very new. So um, I don't want to burn also myself too, too quick or uh, to burn my work because uh, when I came on Twitter, uh, I just don't know how it's going on here. <laughs> And um, I have some uh, some interesting work also I want I would like to share, but I'm not very comfortable uh, in terms of how to communicate it and and then how to value it because I think communi- uh, marketing it and communicating it is um, is linked with uh, how you can value your work and. Um, I have. Uh, I'm sorry for my accent. Do you, everybody understand? Because I have a very strong French accent, so I apologize for that. <laughs> yes, it's you okay. Um, I, I have a very concrete um, uh, issue, and I will say it's an issue, but a really concrete uh, um, photo I would like to mint uh, on March first for the first anniversary of, I would say, the story of this photo. I can show you this it's this photo here uh let me uh, no i don't know how to you see i i i oh here yes okay i don't know how to put on the is it your pinned photo oh no i i have to pin it first right yes so I think I, you've already pinned it because I can see your pin at the top. It's not. It's not. It's I not put my that up pin. There. Oh, yeah. you did. So, okay. Yes, <laughs> I, it's my pin photo right now. You see it? Yes, on your profile, it's your pin photo. It's uh, yes, this one. Uh, okay. You see? Yes. Yes. So actually, the story of this photo, um, this photo has been uh, stolen by Britney Spears. 
uh, one year ago. <laughs> Uh, she she didn't mention me, and uh, I was thinking about like Mintinik. Uh, it's almost the on, only one photo w which is not uh, about her, about her selfie, and um, so it's, it's like it's a crazy story. And obviously, uh, in terms of value, I guess it's something like I can do it huge. But uh, I, maybe there is a lot of storytelling uh, about, a lot of, I don't know. So um, this, is, uh, this, this is a concrete, uh, I think, a con concrete uh, case on like uh, a photo with a, a big story where uh, I know that there, there is a great value beside, but I have just one chance to, to mint it, uh, to value it. You know, you know what I mean? There's not necessarily one chance to mint and one chance to listen at a price. I mean, you can always, if you don't feel it's the right price for you, you can always take it down after the fact. So there is that. But when it comes to just pricing it straight off the rip, I'm confused. <laughs> One second. I'm doing some reading. I see. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to read it a couple times because, you know, ADHD brain. So I was thinking it was saying something it wasn't. So this is your photo, and Britney Spears posted on her account without crediting you. Correct. Yes, exactly. Okay. So a similar thing happened to this, or to, to someone in this space. Uh, Sarah, you want to tell that story? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like telling other people's stories. Are oh, come on. About, are we you... talking about the cast? Yes, um, you know her better I, than I, I do. Even, no, I don't. I don't actually even really know the story all that well. Just because she's my friend in real life doesn't mean I know everything. I actually don't. I... I I know like pieces of it, but I I don't know the full story. So if someone else does, they can definitely okay. talk and share it. I was uh, I was misconceived because uh, I thought you, because you guys were best friends. I just that's a big thing, so I figured that would come up in conversation. <laughs> um, okay, so what had happened was she posted oh, a photo. She posted a photo on Instagram, uh, and you can go back through her her Twitter and find out which one it was. Um, to Instagram and someone had screenshot it and posted it to their Instagram and credited her as the photographer or the artist or something along those lines. And what Kath did was she screenshotted that and sold that as an NFT instead of just, she sold that and the photo. Uh, I don't remember how much it was for, but you know, similar things have happened like this in the space and it's, kind of funny so are you going to sell the screenshot of this or are you going to sell the the original photo or both um i don't know yet i was thinking about the or original photo but maybe also with a screenshot as a storytelling as, as, as a story behind i mean yeah, you can definitely use that as a marketing and advertising technique to sell your photo for damn sure i mean it it depends because 
I I would want to say like yeah, listed at this much, but because of because of the story and this happening, uh, I first want to see how much hype and audience and community you can create around this specific post and the specific thing like you know you just talking about it consistently uh and you know just building a community around britney spears stealing your photo uh because i think that's kind of i don't want to say funny but i think it's funny uh because it's it happens to a lot of us and yes you know now we have now we have a way of making a, a huge profit off of it so yeah, use that as a marketing technique and then just sell your photo. Uh, once you feel you're ready and you have a good audience built around it, uh, and then you can list it accordingly because you know, you never know. Someone could just hop in your DMs and be like, yeah, I'll give you 10 ETH for that right now. <laughs> and you can list it for 10 ETH and they're going to buy it. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, but, you know, things like that have happened as well. So, yeah, it's, so it's, it's very common that our images are stolen and like shared through big hubs and this happens a lot. So if we all could like track back our images and see where they have been displayed, we would all be bazillionaires. But I think that you could definitely make the choice to use that um, behind your mar- marketing tactic. But I definitely think pricing your images like you, you bring the value to your own image, not Britney Spears. That's that's just my my, my thoughts on it. Yes, but oh, it's, a, it's a story be behind also, and also what what, what Gina you said it's uh, at, at the beginning it's uh, it's of course I was uh, very pissed uh, because it it was a, a big loss uh, of uh, I, I could have like a lot of followers on Instagram and whatever. It, it's it's not a big actually if you share some work. Uh, properly it, it, it can be fine but uh, obviously I was very pissed but I I found this way to to switch to like a positive um, a positive uh, uh, a positive um, solution I would say uh, and and uh, showing that like it's like the, maybe even like uh, make the title of of the of the photo like stolen by Britney or something like that, or you know, uh, because it's kind of uh, funny, uh, I would say. And also, as you said, like uh, obviously it's happening uh, many times, and it's a kind of like um, also, uh, I would say, like um, you. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's uh, it's late, and I I don't have. I don't have the proper word, the kind of uh, a flagship or an image of um, of uh, old happening on like uh, uh, stolen our work of photographer because it's happening uh, many times, and this is maybe also a way to um, to show that uh, we our work is spoiled every day, you know. And I think I do think that you're right that this is something that has been happening um, for quite some time, and there it is it does make for an interesting story behind the image. And I think that you're you know adding that value or that story to the piece does potentially add some value to um, 
the price of the piece. So I think that as you're just, just considering how to mint it or how to market it, it would all of that would be really important in telling that story. Um, but then deciding to what that value is and how they used it. But it would be if you would like to go with that strategy for marketing it, it would be important to tell that story. So it's definitely an interesting one. And I know there's other artists in the space that have had this had similar experiences. So that's something too with talking about the rights, you know, ex expectations when purchasing or using an image. Um, the conversation that has been pretty prominent in the space this week is is definitely lends to this situation as well. Um, and so it is hard to decide um, exactly how that pricing works. Um, so I'm not sure if you've gotten a good answer for your question. Um, I hope that maybe some of that feedback helped, um, but we will go ahead and stay on track with, um, you know, discussing the, the topic of how to price artwork. And I think, you know, when it does have an important story, we can definitely keep that in mind as well. And that's when your descriptions and being able to craft that story and tell that story are super important. So that way, if someone is looking to collect it, they're understanding the importance behind it and how you're evaluating the value of that image. So, and I know we have a few other people um, that have their hand raised. So just out of consideration for, for time and conversation, we may go ahead and see, I think Thomas was our next one with his hand up. Hi, Thomas, how are you this evening? I'm doing good, uh, GM. But uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's never, never too late to say that, but I just had- That's right. I, I've just been going back and forth for like, a lot of things with like my collection because I mean I am not like any professional photographer I I bought a camera when I was let's see six years ago when I was a junior in high school and uh, like I went on a, uh, a storm chase oh, I can't think right now <laughs> I went on a uh, storm chase adventure and like everything trip last summer and I got a camera and I was able to get some like pretty good photos but I mean right now I'm up against like established photographers and like some of the best in the world so like coming into NFTs it was so hard to figure out how to price things so I kind of just priced them high but I I kind of priced things from like point one to uh I think I started out and priced them from point three to point eight but then I lowered them to point 0.1 to point 0.25. So I didn't know like if point 0.1 to point 0.25 is like too high for someone just starting out or uh no, point 0.1's what? 500 right now? A little less than that, like $400. Uh so I think something around there. But Do you guys mind I don't mean to cut you off. I just have to do a little housekeeping. I, there's going to be a lot of people that want to request to come up and speak. So if you are already in this speaker's panel, not to be bossy or a crybaby about it, but if you do not plan on speaking, maybe just drop down to the listeners so we can bring up some of the people that do want to speak. Love you guys. Love you guys so much. <laughs> All love for the family. And it's Vince, family did in the you... community. Vince, did you have a did you have something you would like to reply to Thomas? I noticed your hand went up as he was asking his question. No, I just have uh, my own thing on pricing. Um, 
to after after Thomas is done talking here, I just figured I'd put my hand up just so I don't get booted by Sarah here. Good idea. I'll let you put your hand back up there and we'll make sure that we call on you next. <laughs> and I do think um, Alpha Trilogy, would you like to maybe comment on that from the collector stand side of things? Uh, sure. Um, hello, everybody. And uh, hello, Thomas. Um, I would say you have to keep in mind um, from a buyer standpoint, they definitely are going to consider experience and um, when they're looking at um, collecting something. And so, you know, if you don't consider yourself to be a professional photographer, um, you're fairly new to photography. There's definitely not anything wrong with um, pricing your um, initial work accordingly. And so, I would definitely throw that out. And I think the advice to think about what your, your um, work is valued at and double it is extremely bad advice because that's a sure way to um, not sell anything. And I mean, I think it all depends upon what your, um, what your motivation and what you're really wanting to do. If you're wanting to sell work, then I think pricing is an incredibly important component of that. Um, so you just keep that in mind. I mean, people are going to look at the work there's a lot of um, various um, artwork to choose from. Obviously, there's a huge overall supply, and there's going to be a whole bunch of factors that are to come into whether a um, potential collector or buyer is going to buy that work. And so pricing is an incredibly important component. It's a very personal um, thing, too, but um, you definitely can easily price yourself out of any market. Um, so I'm just going to just want to throw that in, I guess. Because with my line of work is I, I chase storms and like that takes like a whole day of driving and like trying to position correctly. So when I was talking to like my uh, buddies about like what I should price it, like uh, Landscapes by Lauren, I believe is her name and her Twitter at and like Lori Bailey. I was talking to uh, both of them on like what I should do. And they like had me price it like kind of high just because of the amount of work that goes in. But I mean, I don't know if they really considered like how like young I am as a photographer, but I mean, I have been for six years, but I've kind of, I mean, owning a camera for six years is a lot different than actually like being like shooting for six years. So I don't know. It's, I, I think, I, I think experience definitely has to go into it, but time spent doing it is huge too. I mean, you got to get paid for the amount of time that you put into it for sure. I definitely agree with that statement as well because it is a job and the hours that you put into it are the working hours. So you have to get paid for the work that you're putting into it you know, at the end of the day. So I agree with that. And I agree with having experience to back up pricing your work um, as well. Yeah, I hear, I hear what both of you are saying and Ben, but I also feel there's the other side of it. Like no matter what you choose as your profession, like photography as our profession, there is always the early stages where you're building your skill and in any profession, you're not making what those very skilled people are making. Like it, it doesn't, I, I don't feel it matters like the time 
in the early stages that you spend putting into it versus when you're 10 years experience, you're still putting the same amount of driving hours, driving time into it. I really feel like experience has a weight here. And I do know when I came into the space again, just for anybody that was new, how I looked at pricing was the photographers I knew in web two that I was basically on par with in terms of experience. We shoot very similar things and looked what they were doing and what was working for them. And that, and that's how I wedged myself into pricing here. But I do, I do feel like experience has weight with pricing. And I, I would agree with that as well. And I think that, you know, that's something definitely to take into consideration. And, you know, from the collector standpoint, they can appreciate an image and what goes into it. But um, there's also the aspect of whether the, the, you know, the days it takes, I mean, obviously there's a factor to that, but the amount of drive time and thinking about it as like an hourly job of your clocking in and it took me 10 or 12 hours to capture that image. You know, you have to decide whether there, you feel like there's a direct dollar correlation with the time it that went into taking that image because then also looking at other collections or another image that may not have the time is it less valuable because it took two hours to capture than one that you feel took 12 hours because of drive time you know is that is that really the equation that you want to apply to deciding the value of your work um, it may not it may not correlate um, consistent, consistently. And I think, it, I think listening, it sounds like we're wanting to maybe come up with a way of, you know, starting off and how do you evaluate the value of your work long-term? How do you build and how do you grow? And making those good decisions um, for the long-term is something to definitely keep in mind. Yeah. There's a lot of variables that go into it at the end of the day. <laughs> so like today, um, for instance, you know, I put out a tweet that I'd bought a piece from um, Tyler's Journey, and it was 3 ETH, a beautiful piece. I love the piece and um, huge fan of Tyler and of the work that he's put into the space, the work that he's put into his art and what he's been able to do. Um, but I got multiple uh, messages um, right after. I mean, I've got them all day long from um, people sending me messages hey, look, I've got this piece, and I, I would love to sell it to you for 3 ETH. And, um, of course, you go and look at their collections, and they've never sold out a collection. Um, some of them don't have very much experience in photography at all, and it makes it really clear that they don't have a understanding. Um, they don't understand pricing. They don't understand necessarily value, and they definitely don't understand how a collector might look at it. And so there's definitely a building that you have to do. And so in every single ecosystem in the entire world, except for some, um, I guess, some socialist and communist countries, the market sets really, the market's going to determine um, what is acceptable pricing and what's not. And you can price outside of that, but if you do, you're not going to sell your artwork. And um, there's always the risk, I guess, of underpricing your work, but you can probably figure that out pretty quick and you can adjust accordingly. But the goal is you start somewhere, you start actually selling work and you build some momentum and velocity with that. And then you can increase your price. And I mean, and eventually you're going to be selling your pieces 
for um, several ETH on super rare. And if you understand supply and demand and you actually start really managing your supply, then you're going to be able to watch that grow up until you're selling pieces for 10 ETH or, or maybe way more than that. And so, but there's a starting place there. There's a place you have to start and you have to actually understand where you may fit into um, the current ecosystem. And if you see other people and I mean, as an artist, I would understand you think, Hey, my work's as good as this person's and this person's and maybe it's the best work in the entire space, but you still have to pay your dues to some extent, I would think. And so um, you've got to, you've got to start somewhere and you've got to work from there. And when I talk about experience, I'm not talking about how much experience you have in NFTs, but as an art, as an actual artist, um, that's what really, that's what I mean by experience because the NFT world is evolving so rapidly that whenever someone, including myself, talks about having a tremendous amount of experience, it's almost laughable because there's, I mean, you have experience in something that changes day by day. And so you can't really rely upon that per se, but your experience as an artist um, in for your lifetime, then that, that matters. Just like my experience as a collector um, from way before there ever was anything called an NFT, um, that also matters. And so it helps me to be able to determine um, a value or a price or what I'm willing to actually spend my money buying. And um, that same experience is how you can determine what your work, what your work is actually worth. And then you can figure it out pretty quick because you'll either have sales. And um, if you're doing the things you need to do to promote yourself and you're active in spaces and you're talking and you're active on Twitter and you're supporting other artists and you're doing all those things and you still don't have sales, then you probably need to look at your pricing and maybe reevaluate it. Cause with me, I've sold eight of my 13, I think it's eight, but uh, like if I were to go and like make another collection after like this, this chase year, like once, uh, winter time like hits and everything gets boring. Uh, do you think if I like made a collection where I listed everything, like instead of at like 0.1 to 0.25, I just put everything at like 0.1 or 0.15. Do you think like the collectors from like me previously would like get upset about that since it like was an investment? It's definitely one of those things you have to be um, conscious of and um, aware of because a lot of collectors don't like to see um, artists going backwards in their pricing. And so you have to be really careful um, when you first price um, that you don't. I had this discussion with somebody in long depth last night. Um, obviously, you want to get as much as you can for your work, but if you price it, too high to where it's not going to sell at a rate or fast enough that it's really what you're wanting to, to do as far as your goals. Um, when you start having to back up after you've sold somebody something at a high price, um, there definitely can be, you know, there can be some collectors that get their feelings hurt, etc. What I would always suggest is just go to the collectors and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing another collection. I'm wanting to drop the price. I'm wanting to, you know, I have a, an actual strategy and a plan for building um, myself in this space. 
building my value and um, wanted to know what you think about this and maybe you do something for them. Um, if it's me, you just contact me and I want to say, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, go for it. But some collectors may not. You don't necessarily want to lose them as a collector. Maybe you can do something for them um, to help offset the f fact that they may have paid more for um, you know, an original piece than you are now valuing um, those pieces at or pricing those pieces at. I, I hate using the word value. But what you're pricing them at. And you're doing that for a strategy. And so maybe you... Maybe a you know a whitelist on that or first pick at your new collection is going to be more than enough to you know um, placate them and um, get them excited about it. And if you can get them to buy a piece in that collection at a lower price, I mean, a lot of them are going to like that too. So it's just a matter of, I would say, you know, if you can talk to your collectors and um, and see what they think of that. But it's way better to just be careful when you first start. And when you're first pricing things, so you don't get in that situation. Um, the absolute best thing, if you can price a collection and get a collection sold out. And once you've done that, you've got so much um, freedom to on your next collection. And especially if you price the first collection or the first collection at a way to where it only makes sense for you to price above it on the next one. And if you keep doing that, you can gradually bring the um, perceived value and the price of your work up and your, your collections behind you on the secondary, those um, the prices that your, your collectors are going to be excited. They're going to want to stick with you. And those um, floor prices should stay way above probably what you're going to be pricing at um, on your strategy and everyone's going to be happy and you're going to keep getting more and more for your work. That's, I mean, I think that's the right path. Um, but I mean, obviously every person has to make that decision on their own. You just have to kind of understand what, what the potential um, consequences of that is. Then, Oh, well, thank you so much for, uh, like, all this input because, like, I constantly think about this, like, all day. It's just my mind completely runs in circles, so, like, this is always there. But, like, what would you think with, like, I've sold, like, over, like, 60% of a collection. Do you think, like, going in and making, like, another one, like, even if I'm, like, I still have, like, two or three pieces up, do you think making, like, a new collection like something similar would be a good idea or should I just like make like this one, a continuous one that just keeps growing and growing as like the years and years go on. It's like, that's another thing I've like heard people do. And like, I don't know if it's a good idea or if it's like, I should just build new collections. I absolutely would not start a similar collection. Um, when you don't have the first one sold out, um, Definitely, I would not do that because if it's similar, similar theme, if it's completely different, 100% different, then um, it's okay. You still have to be very conscious of how much sub unsold supply you have out there um, because that will start, um, it'll definitely start affecting your, your new sales in a negative way. Um, so be very, very supply um, conscious. 
But what I would do, if you have similar work that you'd actually be thinking about putting into a new collection, you've had some sales in your existing collection, so you know people like your work, um, maybe take those photos that haven't sold and replace them in the current collection. Maybe reduce the collection. Um, if you've sold eight pieces, maybe reduce it down to 10 pieces and then replace those last two pieces with um, some new work. Cause you can, if it's an open C collection, which I'm assuming it is, you can do that. You can just replace those pieces and um, you know, you freshen up that collection and get it sold. Focus your energy and time on getting it sold out. That would be my suggestion. And then put out a series two, if it's similar and um, start working on a, a whole new collection. Cause for me, like most of my, like probably 99% of the work I'll ever meant be like storms because like, that's just, that's like what I do. And like, I, I do it for like fun. And like, if I, and like all, yeah, all my pictures will be that because that's just where I want to go in, like in the future, like, sort of like work like chase storms maybe get sponsored by like some group or kind of just try and figure out a way to make it work but uh so i think like i might try the v2 and then like just make it so it's like it's like this year was this year and this was this time and that was that time and just kind of hope i can like keep it going along yeah, I definitely think. I mean, I have mad respect for storm uh, storm photographers because when every um, person that I know of in real life would be running from a storm, you guys are running into it. And I think that's absolutely um, insane and it's incredible. And I have mad respect for you. And so I definitely think there's a huge future for that storm photography in um, the NFT space. And um, you're still early. And you have an opportunity to really um, build yourself up as a, you know, one of the, um, you know, preeminent people in that space. The opportunity is there right now. And so you just got to kind of have a strategy about how you get there and then just, you know, develop that strategy and really try and stick to it. And one of the things that I'm telling you is really important. Get that first collection sold out. And it seems like you're really close. And so um, you could probably pull that off. Um, fairly, I mean, I don't want to say easily, but it may not be as hard as you think it might be. I think I've had it up since August or something. And like, I kind of get like a sale a month. So if that goes to plan, then I'll sell out by, uh, May. But I mean, it's been like kind of tough, but, uh, it's been hard because like, it seems like storm photography just isn't like moving as well, but I feel like that conversation kind of goes off topic with uh, what the space is about. But uh, yeah, this has been really helpful for me. Thank you so much. That was some great advice. And I learned, actually just learned a lot from what was just talked about. I think we really need to keep it moving. So I'm going to go to the next person who's requesting to speak, which I believe was Vince had his hand up. Yes, I think it was Vince. Hi, Vince. Yo, yo, what's going on? Thanks for having me up. Um, all the knowledge in here. <laughs> um, yeah, pricing, that's uh, a tough subject, right? Because, you know, 
you don't want to undervalue yourself. You don't want to overvalue yourself and have stuff sit forever. I kind of did the same thing Sarah did. I came in here and saw what similar styles photographers were doing and priced my first collection accordingly to that. Actually, I came in way too quick and released a collection way too quick and had it sit there for forever and didn't realize all all the hard behind the scenes work that went into it. But that's another story. Um, but yeah, like I want to, I, I don't want to put a blanket statement here, but I want to say that probably most of us, I mean, a lot of us are, but most of us aren't, weren't like full-time photographers before we came to this space. And I like, I'm, you know, the prices you see going around here, I can say that you're probably most photographers, this again, a general statement, because it's not everyone are making way more money here than they ever have. And <laughs> it's, it's, it is really crazy and it is a blessing, but um, I also want to um, point to what Alpha said there, like evolving in this space and growing. So like I put out my first collection and it sat forever and eventually it got some momentum and I sold out and I had another collection on the side but again a totally different theme totally different photos also landscapes but totally different and i priced that a little bit lower and that sold out as well so having sold out two collections now i have upped my prices for my last collection and it's sold a few pieces but the rest's been sitting there for a while so i always wonder if i priced it a little a little too high but um i think it's all a learning curve and an um uh an evolution of yourself like you come in here test the waters and if you're not already a big famous photographer elsewhere i mean you should start low because otherwise otherwise there's no room for you to grow anywhere and if you price yourself too high nobody's gonna buy your stuff and you're gonna have to scrap everything you did and start over so i mean like i'm although i've done decently in this space it's nowhere near the level of some people and um, but I'm doing this full time now. So it's like I started low and then I'm slowly going to keep incrementing higher and higher as I go along. You know, the more, more, um, more, I basically, I hate to use the word, but popular I become, you know, like the more, <laughs> the more in demand, I, the more in demand, I am. you know, business is all supply and demand. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, I want to say it's all a big learning curve and, yeah, <laughs> it's just progression. Yeah, and actually one thing that I've been thinking about a lot, and I don't know how this is kind of rubs uh, like my fellow photographers, is I think it's actually really dangerous to listen to your friends in this space in terms of like when you're trying to price your work. And what I mean by that is your closest friends are always going to pump your tires and they're always going to say things like, oh, my gosh, you should be selling that for 30 ETH. Like, I noticed that so much. And I think you really need to be careful with that, especially if you just first come in here. Again, they're going to pump your tires and make you, like, feel really great. And your work is worth just so much. But just look at, like, your friends who are doing well in this space. Like, that's not outrageous. They're not selling a piece for like 33 ETH each, but they're just, they're, they're coasting and they're doing well and they're growing. I think those are the, like the best friends to look at when pricing your work. I think that is an incredible point, Sarah. So 
Yeah, don't just look at people that are, you know, doing similar things, but do the look at the people that are um, the most successful at that. And um, then also look where they started and um, where they how they've gotten to the point they are right now, because it's going to be really hard to start right exactly where they're at, even if you're exactly the same level or above that level. Um, they've still had to, they've still put the work in to get to the point where they are. Um, and so it's a, an incredible point. And I would just say one more thing about that too, is, you know, a lot of the people in the space are artists and a lot of you, I mean, I can look through the space and I see tons and tons of people that I have interacted with, um, maybe have bought their work. But what's more impressive to me is I see tons of people that have bought other people in the spaces work. And so a lot of you are also collectors. And so think about like what you look for when you're collecting and buying something and think about how price plays into that because it's um, you are also collecting and um, think about, have you looked at art and you maybe like that art, but it's priced, you feel like it's priced too high or more than you would want to spend for it. And so that will really, really help you when you're deciding what to do with your own collections, think about yourself buying that because a lot of you are actually buying um, from your peers, which is incredible and amazing, but you can use that information and, and look too at what your, your peers, what they're buying and um, look at there's a, there's a whole lot of artists and they're saying, Hey, I just bought this and man, I get excited every time I see it. But um, as an artist, you can look at that. You can say, wow, another artist went and bought that. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, when I see an artist buy something, um, whatever it is that they bought is probably priced right. It's probably at a good price. And so I think you could use that as some type of you know, baseline or influence. And I, I think that's awesome, Alpha. I totally agree with that. Um, and one thing that Vince said that I also just wanted to kind of reiterate is, you know, we are learning in this space. So also as we're progressing and things are going through the space, also maybe looking at the collections and the pieces that are selling and looking at, you know, what they're including in their descriptions, how they're presenting their work and um, evaluating, you know, if there's things that you can maybe improve or add to that you're just always putting your that your best foot for the pieces that, you know, presenting yourself in a way in which you are super proud of that because, you know, there may be, you know, initially things that you put out that over time you learn and you can go back and say, Hey, I can change that and maybe improve that. So just also, you know, acknowledging that we are learning and growing. So, and then it's okay to be able to do that. So, and did you have something more to that Vince? I saw your hand up again. Yeah, sorry, uh, just before I step down and give some other people a chance to speak, uh, just wanted to say, yeah, you know, mistakes and failures is how we grow and learn. And um, without those, you're not going to you're not going to grow as a human in any aspect of life. So, I mean, it's OK if you make mistakes. That's 100 percent fine. And we're all going to make them. I make them all the time. Um, and I also wanted to say, like, this space is all what you make it, right? Um, there's this sentiment, the word that gets thrown around a lot, wag me, we're all going to make it. But when has that ever been the case in human history? And I think there's different levels to that, right? Like you could you could make a little bit of side income from your photography or your art if you wanted to here, and that's fine. Um, you could 
make a decent living or some people like some of the big names they've become quite wealthy from this and it's all about how hard you work how much effort you're willing to put in and yeah what what do you want out of this i think is a question everyone should be asking themselves here anyways i want to thank you guys um so much for having me up and this space and it's all very useful information hey thanks vince um I'm a big fan, so uh, appreciate appreciate you. Um, appreciate what you had to say, and uh, I love what you're doing. Um, I love how supportive you are, and how um, you're really putting the effort in to uh, help uh, your your peers. And I mean, that's awesome. And uh, I know for myself, I see it, and I would say um, there's a lot of other collectors that they notice that. And I think uh, people that are buying art because they're passionate about art and um, they really care about the artist when they see that it means something to them. And so uh, I think it's how you, I mean, I think it's the fastest path to um, success is just being helping other people succeed. So keep doing what you're doing, man. Appreciate you. Thanks. Um, that really means a lot. Um, I appreciate you guys so much. You guys, you know, you were, you were my first collector and <laughs> seriously, like I cried, you know, when I made that first sale because somebody actually valued my art and it took months and months and finally broke through. But um, all the support you guys do is fantastic too. So I, I love to see that. And, you know, I'm trying to do this as a full-time job right now. I'm not doing another job and <laughs> I was just out, you know, cost of living keeps going up. And as long as, like I was just out buying groceries and you buy a couple of things and it's over a hundred bucks now, but that's, <laughs> that's another topic. But uh, I was just going to say, as long as I can keep chasing my passions and make uh, a little bit, you know, enough of a living to live comfortably off of this, that's all I need. And that's, um, I appreciate everything you guys are doing, but uh, I'll let somebody else speak now. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. You're the best. Um, okay, who was next? I believe it was, I don't know how to say your name, and I don't know if that's actually your name. Mizut? Is that how you say it? I know you were speaking, it was last night or the other night. Hi, Mizut. Okay, I was close. <laughs> I was yeah, you were. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. Hello. Uh, so, uh, it's been a great space again. So, very valuable information uh, is being shared and also a lot of uh, good uh, suggestions. So uh, I also want to share some of my uh, some of my um, thinking about this matter. So uh, I mean, when starting, it is very difficult uh, difficult to to decide about the pricing because I mean, it is very uh, it is quite difficult, uh, and also the the learning curve is very steep. And in the beginning, you know nothing, more or less. But uh, later, uh, you start learning things. You you start to uh, look at the other others. How do how how are they doing uh, their pricing? And yeah, in the beginning, it is most probably you will do some mistakes. Hopefully, they are not very. Uh, they they will not de damage your uh, your reputation. But I think for me. Uh, especially I wanted to keep my price point low uh, especially to reward my early collectors and to build uh, a collector base uh, I think this is very important because I mean uh, we might be uh, not we might not be new to the 
uh, to the photography world, but uh, in NFT we are, uh, I mean, uh, quite new. There are others who started maybe last year around March, April, uh, uh, one year ago. They are uh, they are doing better than us. But for example, for me, I started around September. My first collection was in October. So uh, I think uh, we are uh, earlier than the others, but uh, maybe uh, still not that early. And uh, I think at the beginning, you nobody really knows about you, and they need to. Uh, you need to be in the community. You need to build your brand, and you need to be. You need to show yourself. I need. I mean, it is not only about your art. It is not only about your collection or photography. It is also about the uh, your uh, persona. Uh, I would say in in the space in the community how you. Uh, deal with uh, with 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 others and how are you supportive enough or uh, what are you doing about your uh, brand or I mean your your future uh, collectors? I think this is also very important. And I mean, in the beginning, it is not uh, uh, it is very important to to uh, define a good price point. And I don't really uh, think that you should price it too much. Uh, I think because uh, it might be difficult to for the new collectors to uh, to invest in you. Uh, but if you keep it uh, low, I think it will be better in the future. Because, for example, for myself, I, I believe that I will be here uh, for uh, for the future, and I, I believe that my 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 pieces and or my uh, future collections will be more valuable. So it will it will mean a lot for my collectors uh, in the future. So um, I will give a chance uh, for 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 my early collectors to 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 uh, invest in me early, uh, and uh, it will be also a good uh, good thing for me to also uh, force myself to be here active every day and keep uh, keep building my brand and keep building. My my place in the community for the future, and also in the, by doing that, I think it will eventually uh, it will eventually happen. Uh, and uh, when you sell out a collection, uh, when you sell sell your pieces, uh, you can uh, of course uh, then your prices will go up. Uh, it will be eventually, and uh, this is I think very important. And also another point is, I think, uh, uh, I think uh, one speaker told that uh, sometimes it is difficult to take pictures. You 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 need to drive twelve hours or or more than that for for one picture. But I agree, it might be difficult. But in the beginning, uh, for the collectors, I mean, they might they might not know that, and also uh, to invest in you. It is not always. Uh, it doesn't always make make sense to how do you, uh, to um, price price the the uh, photo with the difficulty of the uh, process that you go through. Because also, for example, uh, my my photography uh, also can be uh, seen as simple, but I put an effort 
on that i think i i, I learned that that skill for 10 15 years i i mastered that skill and now i can i, I am able to take the, uh, that picture and i can i am able to edit it i mean uh, it can be seen like this for example uh, we can both use the same camera we can both go to the same place but my photography will be better than the other or someone else can come and take better photographs photographs than than, than myself and also another example also can be seen like that we can both produce the same raw file but i can edit it better and someone else can edit it than better than me so i don't see that a photograph for example if i go one hour uh, to a place, I take the photograph, I came back, and then I edit it, and I put it there. So it is not a one-hour effort. It is maybe my all uh, 15 years of experience will be put on that picture. Uh, and this will also improve uh, in the coming years. And also, for example, I am not really, uh, really sad or uh, unhappy about putting my prices low. I do do that intentionally because I I will I will continue to produce, and I still I think that my my best pieces are yet to come. I will I will take more pictures. I will I will improve myself more, and I will produce better pictures every day. So it is not a problem for me to to uh, be said about that uh, my my pieces are going low or. I'm not putting, I'm not selling them uh, very, very uh, expensive, things like that. So it is no problem at all. I'm building my brand. I'm building a collector base. And thankfully, I got collected by non-collectors. Uh, one of them is, of, of course, Alpha. One of my first collectors. I'm, I'm uh, thankful for that. And also the other collectors also. So... Uh, my thinking for this matter is uh, uh, like this. So thank you uh, for giving a chance to share my thoughts. Uh, I will be happy to uh, hear back uh, your thoughts about that. Thank you for sharing that, Masood. And I think that that um, is definitely a lot of helpful information. Um, and I appreciate you just being able to share with us from, you know, what your goals are, because it sounds like you're, you've really thought through your strategy on where you want to start and how, where you want to, you know, how you want to continue. And I think that that's definitely worth um, going through that process. And I love, you know, I love you saying you've, this isn't going to be the, all of the work that you create and, you know, that it is a journey, um, you know, that you'll continue producing. And I love hearing, you know, I love hearing you say the best is yet to come. I mean, that's, that's an awesome viewpoint and that we know that you're going to be building and, and continuing on. And, you know, from the collector standpoint, that's an exciting thing. I love collecting from someone that that's their goal is to be continuing to grow and, and thrive and, and be in the space for, from this point forward. Um, and I, I get excited to be able to be along that journey and know them and see them grow and develop too. I think it's awesome. And your points about 
taking the time to build the community and to build, you know, your really your your friend base and your collector base. There's there's a lot of importance to that. So it's um, definitely more than just what price you put on your work as to whether you're successful or not. So um, I really appreciate everything that you have to share with us on that. Um, yeah. yeah thank I was, gonna say, I was just going to say real quick, I, I love hearing someone say, hey, I'm, I'm good, but every day I get better. And um, that's amazing. I mean, 15 years of doing something and you're incredible at what you do. But just the fact that you recognize that every day you're willing to learn and improve and get better, that's amazing. And so that's another um, sign of like somebody that's um, – already successful and just going to continue being more and more successful. So kudos to you. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's, it's been my, uh, my strategy and also from the beginning, I, when I, when I try to, to do a new thing, I, I put all the effort into it and I, I tried to be, uh, to be the best on it. Uh, I try hours, days on it. For example, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I, I was amazed by the time-lapse photography. Uh, I, I'm, still, uh, I'm still amazed about it. Uh, and I, I put days, I put months, I put, and it's a very difficult job. I mean, you go, go to a place and you, you, you sit there, you, you, you set up the camera and it's, you take uh, shots for one hour and then you go home and you edit it for two, three hours more, and then you just get a 10-second uh, video clip. So it is very difficult, very demanding, but it is also very beautiful. But it was not a problem for me. I put all the effort, and I, I mastered on it. I, I didn't mean anything yet uh, on that, but I, I plan to do it in the future. But it's just an example. I mean, when I, uh, uh, I find some subject or something to to master I, I am all on it uh, all for it i mean i i will do everything to to do and i i'm learning things every day new, new things i'm i'm trying to improve myself and uh, yeah i believe that uh, the best is yet to come and uh, i'm still early even though I, i'm doing this uh, for 15 years uh, so hopefully it will be better in the future and i believe uh, i totally believe that uh, it will happen uh, how long it will take, I don't know, and it is not a big problem for me. I'm patient, and uh, I will continue to be active here every day in the community, support my peers, and uh, try to build a good, strong relationship with my collectors. Uh, I, I really, uh, I, I really uh, believe that it is a good foundation. So hopefully, it will be better, and I also. Uh, suggest this to everyone. I mean, all the artists uh, in the in the community. Some of them are maybe struggling. Some of some of them thinks that uh, the sales are not uh, very uh, very fast. But I mean, it happens. I mean, sometimes uh, I I don't have sales for two two three weeks, and then one of a sudden I got five sales five five sales in a day. And then again, it it may it may be silent for two two weeks, three weeks, and then it can happen. So I believe that it will happen eventually, and I I suggest everyone to be a bit more patient and try to create more, try to be active. Of course, not create a lot of uh, not mean a lot of things when 
you didn't sell the uh, your collection but i mean you can create those pieces you can show them for example i'm sharing my new pieces without minting uh, on on twitter lately uh, those pieces are not minted but uh, i i'm sharing that to show that this this is the possibility i mean i can i can mint them in the future Maybe these are beautiful than my uh, current means, but I mean, uh, there is more to come. Uh, there will be even even better ones in the future. So, yeah, these are my thoughts, uh, basically. Thank you. So, thank you again. I really appreciate. I appreciate what you just said, and it reminded me of something I'd want to say. I wanted to say to Loic real quick, because you've got that piece that, um, you know, Britney Spears used that piece. So it's got a, a history. It's obviously an incredible photograph. And um, when you sell that, you're going to want to get a really good price for it. And so my suggestion to you would be don't even think about minting that right now. Um, go ahead and, and you know, use it, show it, like, you know, kind of wet uh, collector's appetite for it, kind of build the uh, mystique and story behind that while you're building yourself up in the space and you're increasing, um, you know, the prices and value of what you're selling. And when the time is right, you'll be able to mint that and get, you know, a really, really good price for it. You don't want to jump that too early because if you do, um, you may not be able to sell it at the price you want to sell it at and you might burn kind of the opportunity so what I would do is I would take and I would use that piece and I would start really um, kind of building up a collector desire to where they're like, I want that piece when he finally mints it. And in the meantime, you can build the value um, of your work in the space and build your collector base and do all those things. But you're, you know, you're sitting on something that's, that's gold at the right time. And so just, just sit on it for now. Don't be afraid to use it um, promoting yourself. And when the time's right, you're going to do really, really good with that. Thank you. I appreciate uh, your feedback. Thank you so much, Masood. Definitely appreciate you coming up and sharing with us. I think that was probably helpful for a lot of people to hear. So thank you very much. <laughs> Um, and I think just for the, um, to keep things moving, I think Ash had his hand, his or her hand up, I think next. Hey, uh, hi. Hi, hi, Ash. Hey, hi. Uh, hi, Metal Jungle. Hi, Sarah. Um, uh, yeah, I think a lot of what has been already said here, it, it, it strongly resonates with me. And, you know, as, as a, relatively a newcomer because I have been in this NFT space for a little over a month. And uh, when I came in here, I, I just tried to absorb, uh, you know, the mechanisms and the dynamics of how this works and, you know, try to observe and analyze. And, uh, you know, I, I found uh, good opinions flying around, I mean, on both sides. I mean, I have heard uh, like advice that, uh, you know, if you think that your image is you know worth that price i mean just go ahead and do that i mean don't bother about if you're a newcomer or not and then i have heard opinions about like uh, just look out like what's the average price and then you know price it accordingly and uh, you know it's it's very uh, 
it can be con- confusing and even daunting for you know someone like me because there are so many like brilliant photographers and you know when you are trying to compare the price you are not just comparing the price you are also comparing uh, the aesthetics of the art in and it can be very subjective right so when you and there is a wide spectrum of that i mean there are i've seen incredible photographs that are priced so low uh, I was in awe. And then in in my opinion, I have seen like uh, pictures that doesn't necessarily resonate with me. It has been priced much higher. So, you know, it, it, it puts you at a spot that you, you do not know like which which way to go. And then I, I remember I was part of like one of this. Uh, I, I attended one of the Meta Jungle spaces earlier. And Mike, I was having a conversation with Mike. And he said the the standard average price when you just are just starting is something between 0.1 and 0.2 ETH. And he also made an important point that, you know, just remember that you are not making this one-time sale. You are going to get, you know, royalty out of that for the rest of your life. And that kind of, you know, helped me to, you know, kind of settle down, you know, calm myself. And, uh, you know, that helped me. And uh, um, I... You know, after a month, I minted my first collection five days ago. I got one sale so already. So that was, you know, pretty dope. I mean, I didn't expect that. And, you know, I didn't have words to, you know, uh, I was, you know, trying to gain my composure for almost a day before I went back to my collector and said, like, OK, thank you. I mean, it, ju- it was just incredible. And uh, another thing I, I believe, you know, when you are pricing your your stuff, it's it's like one of the components is like comparing that art uh, like externally, like the the things that I was mentioning. But then I also believe there is a little bit of self introspection as well, and because I, there are so many varieties or attributes that go behind behind an image, and I as a primarily a landscape photographer, you know, like uh, it this uh, when I say attributes, I mean the 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 how aesthetically pleasing that picture is to you. Uh, how technically accurate that is, uh, how much of, you know, physical or psychological toll you, you have, then it's a combination of everything. Uh, that's That also probably contributes to or should ideally contribute to how you would price your picture. And uh, another thing that was talked about is experience. And I think, you know, personally, I'm I'm a very critical guy of myself. I'm never satisfied with my work. And, you know, when I look back at the some, some of the pictures I took seven, eight years ago, I believe like if I was at the same spot at this time, I would have composed that picture at a completely different way. So, you know, that I think that level of self-introspection is probably also necessary because it helps you to evolve. And also, you know, um, uh, like uh, going back to the point of being self-critical, that that probably also helps you to evolve. And when I started photography, you know, to be a prof- professional, I think you need to respect that profession because uh, that is something that I have noticed, you know, back then I was in India. There were a lot of people who just claimed to be wedding photo- uh, photographers. But, you know, when you finally look at the image, it looks very basic and they were charging huge amount of money. And I felt bad about that, that if you do not really respect that profession and so when I started photography, I, I vowed to myself, I'm not going to even claim that I'm a photographer before even five years. So that's the amount of time I, I, you know, not just photography, but in any profession, I believe 
we should invest in time before we kind of charge anything uh you know because i'm i'm using someone's money and you know that's that's very precious to me and you know i should respect that so i believe that that investing in time is is absolutely critical uh it's kind of a I, maybe i'm just going on a self morality rant but then that's how i feel and uh one question i will uh, and i will uh, i know there are other speakers who are waiting so in the event that you know you put out a collection and it doesn't get sold uh i know there are again couple of factors because some people they need the money so they they price it lower in the hope that they that gets sold early and then there are other people who probably need that money that fast so they just put it out there and just hope that okay it will get sold sometime so uh what do you think that is that is a benchmark an artist should set um before he or she starts to worry that okay it's been 2 months 3 months 4 months but still my collection is not yet sold out so do you think that there is a benchmark like that or you believe that with the influx of more people and the this platform getting um richer and people have more money to spend uh you can hope that one day your stuff is going to get sold so sorry it was a long mo- monologue but you know i just wanted to put it out there yeah i don't i uh, definitely don't mind speaking on that um i definitely i mean we we see all the time we talk to um artists that have had a collection out for several months and then all of a sudden people start buying it and the collection sells out and um it seems like whoa that's like some kind of magic but it's not um not magic at all uh the collection was priced correctly from the beginning the collection the art in it is fantastic the collection's good um it just hadn't gotten to the right eyes yet and so maybe it hadn't been promoted enough yet and maybe um you know just people hadn't seen it and so it's hard to make any kind of a blanket statement because there's definitely collections that might be out there that no matter how much promotion you do you're not going to sell that collection out and so i think an artist has to be able to recognize that and if you are active you are out really promoting a collection and um you know people are seeing it you know collectors are seeing it because you're in the spaces you're um on Twitter and you know that there's people seeing that collection yet that collection still isn't selling then you might look at it and say what do i need to do here do i need to um change something um do i need to uh reconsider my pricing do i need to swap some of these photos out because maybe some of the photos look too close to each other do i need to write descriptions and and do all those things um and and really base it off of that if you're not out promoting your collection you're not actively doing that you don't really know if collectors are seeing it or if there's eyes on it then um it's really going to be hard to make a decision about what you should do because if you're not doing that it's not getting eyes it probably doesn't matter what you price it at 
or what else you do because you've got to get eyes on it. And um, so I would just say, and only you know if you're actually out promoting it and if you're if that's being done. So if you're doing that heavy and you have a collection that's not selling, then you can start looking at changing that collection. There's some things you should always do. Make sure you've got your descriptions done and, and you're doing those things. But um, I wouldn't start making drastic changes to anything until I've actively promoted that collection because it's possible for a collection to sit for a while and it just takes the right eyes to see it. And so you got to kind of be aware of that. And I think, I honestly believe that if you get into a community where you've got some really, you've got artists that are willing to help and support you and give you really honest, candid feedback, they can help you kind of make some of those decisions too, because they might look at it and say, Hey, you know what? This collection is missing this or that. And, um, or maybe, you know, some artists will even be willing to say, Hey, I think it's priced out of market. And so you can make some changes here and, um, might, you might decide that you're willing to do that and then see what the results are. But, um, yeah, I don't think that, um, it's sitting for a while necessarily means that there's something wrong with it or that a price change is going to help it. It may just mean that it's not being promoted and, um, it's not getting in front of the right eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I mean, probably one of the indicators, you know, like it might sound a little funny that as long as, uh, you know, people, uh, appreciate the work, that could be a good indicator that, okay, it's, it's being, uh, you know, appreciated, but probably like you said, it, it not just caught the right eye. So yeah. Uh, so probably it'll end up as a waiting game. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm usually a, a patient guy, and uh, I usually do not get swayed away with, with what's happening around. So I just hope that I can uh, keep that mental sanity, you know. So yeah, let's let's. Uh, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed and and see how it goes. Yeah, I often say I I have a formula: passion plus integrity plus patience equals success. And I don't think you can um, shortcut any of those. Your art will show your passion. And so if you're passionate, your art will show it and that'll appeal to, um, it'll appeal and connect with some collectors for sure. And if you have integrity, um, it's incredibly important because then you'll build um, collector trust, but patience, that's the hardest one of the three. And um, it's crazy difficult. And I'm an, I am an impatient person by nature. So I understand that completely. It's just so hard to wait. And, but sometimes it's going to be the thing. I think sometimes people might throw in the towel, like literally a day too early when everything could have just broken loose for them. And I think a lot of times the people know that because they talk about it. They almost gave up. And then three days later, like magic happens and they sell out a collection. So it's just that patience. Um, it's one of the, the keys to succeeding in the space. Yeah, Alpha, and uh, I, I completely agree with that. And especially, you know, the, that passion part. And I, I believe a lot of photographers will agree with that. That, you know, when you sit in your couch in your living room and you, you just wonder that, you know, the, the, the extent that you have gone to take a picture in the pursuit of your passion, you wouldn't have Im imagined that when you are sitting in, the, in your living room. But when you are at the spot, and you think that you have to go that extra mile to take that picture that you want, 
I think like uh, all photographers would would uh, resonate with that. It, it's it's just an incredible feeling, and you know, like landscape photography can be very frustrating. You know, like majority of the time, you probably do not get the right conditions, the the right light, and you know, like it it's very distracting. It upsets you, but when you get that what you want, I mean, the satisfaction that you get that probably you know trumps all that you know dissatisfaction that you have had in your past. So. Yeah, it's it's something that you know only you know uh, the the photographers would would uh, you know understand. Yeah, and I think that that passion. It, there's two ways that it really. Well, there might be a lot of ways actually, but two ways I could talk about that they really display themselves. One is in your your art itself, and a passionate person um, that art shows through, and it's a, a emotion evoking art, but your passion also drives you to be able to talk about your art and hopefully you're passionate about art in general, not just yourself. And so you can out go out and you can help talk about other artists work and you can talk about it and you can be excited about it. And that excitement and that passion shows through in what you're doing and it shows through in your communications and your willingness to do that. And so that passion like literally is what gets other people excited about what you're doing. Um, I look at the work, I'm like, wow. And I get started getting excited. But then when I hear you talking about it, or you talking about somebody else's that you're also, then I get more excited about what you're doing. And so um, you just got to let that, you know, you definitely have to have passion and then you have to have the patience to be able to see it through. Yeah, I, seriously, you know, I, I talked about it in other spaces that in my one and a half months or before this time period, I never imagined that, you know, I'll make this this degree of connection because I came from Instagram. I miserably failed there to make any connection whatsoever. But in the past one and a half months, people are exchanging phone numbers. So that was something, you know, absolutely unbelievable, <laughs> you know, even a month ago. And, uh, you know, the meeting like all those authentic, you know, genuine and passionate people and the fact that, you know, they are all in, in their own right artists, uh, they also have that philosophical bent of mind. And it's always so charming to, to talk to those people who have, you know, the sheer, who share the same kind of feelings, uh, which is, you know, uh, you probably it's, it's hard or pretty rare to find in real life. But this is a, you know, a concentration of, you know, those artists and it's probably the prob the probability to find those people are much higher. And that's what's, you know, most exciting about this space. Uh, can I add something very quick about the collectors, uh, the, the finding the right collector? Uh, once a collector told me that my my pieces on foundation are very undervalued and another collector also looked at my pieces and said they are good but I cannot relate with any of any of them so I think uh, finding a right collector is very important because not everyone will think the same and also the, the decision to buy is, is the collector's decision and you cannot force this uh, so I, I I think you you need to uh, you need to show it you need to promote it and uh, hope it will be seen by the right collector so it will be collected so I think uh, this is very important. 
I, I totally back that up, that it's so important about the right collector, because like, I just think about for myself, the, like this whole yellow dress thing, I get a lot of like really positive feedback from it and people just love it. And I'm now known as a banana on Twitter, but like not every collector likes portraits. Not every collector likes this big bright thing, like right in their face. There's certain collectors that are really going to resonate with that. And since for myself, I, I like straddle the line of landscape photographer, portrait photographer, but I think with the, obviously the self portraits, you know, it's going to be collectors that love portraits, not landscapes. So really, really knowing that right collector is huge. And it's just about making those connections with them. So following like people, for me, following other portrait photographers and seeing sort of the collector circle that they spend time with, I think that's important. Look at people that are shooting things that are similar to you. I just wanted to add that before we move on to someone else, because we have a lot of people that want to speak. So I definitely think we need to keep it going. I think next was, I don't know how to say your name, Anil. I, I believe you were next. Yes, 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 Anil. Did I get it right? Yes. <laughs> First <great>. time. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes, anyway. hi. Hi, hi. Hi, Mata Jingle. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Alpha. I think this is the first time I'm able to talk to Alpha. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening for all. It's a wonderful space. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to all of you and I'm getting a lot of insights uh, from this space. Um, such a wonderful space. Um, this is an important aspect, actually, the pricing stuff. Uh, I would like to put some words on my own pricing. <laughs> I don't know how it is. Um, maybe it is, it is not right, but it is, maybe it is uh, wrong. Um, what my concern, well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, putting price on my stuff on uh, blockchain. Uh, there are several, several um, variables in the consideration. Um, uh, first and foremost, we know that the longevity that is the key in this uh, uh, blockchain, for the NFT world, you need to be here for long. You need to have the patience and all those stuff. That's, you have to learn that first. If that is there, the patience will come in play uh, for your, all your effort. So that is my first and foremost uh, uh, consideration. And second, of course, uh, uh, what you are doing in real world, that is also a, a matter of concern for me because I'm selling my stuff uh, like prints and uh, uh, digital copies with $300, $500. So I may not go uh, below that in, uh, in, the, uh, in the NFTs because... Um, I'm, I'm registering one of my my image as a blockchain as an NFT, so it it going to someone's uh, someone is collecting that means it belongs to him. So uh, it is that is the consideration. I will not go below that. And uh, there are other factors like uh, uh, the content wise, whether the content is powerful, which you believe that there is something uh, that content is propagate or emphasize. Of course, that pricing will, uh, depends on that. Uh, and also something like, uh, I can say, the, I mean, uh, the platforms. Platform also the matter. Uh, like uh, OpenSea, yeah, maybe you are bringing a collection, you can go for an affordable price. Uh, whereas a uh, foundation, you have, to, you have to consider a lot of factors, the gas fee and all those things. And of course, that is the genesis piece you are planning to uh, listing on uh, foundation. So 
I don't think so. It will go cheaper or something like that in the sake of uh, uh, sales. So these are the main uh, main factors, even though being in uh, an active world almost eight months now, so every day <laughs> becoming a learning curve, um, uh, engaging in all spaces, understanding people, connecting with people. Uh, sometimes we're getting a lot of information from other people. So that definitely will help. So I just want to tell you one thing. Uh, uh, see, uh, what I consider or what I understand my eight months uh, journey in NFT world, uh, I will tell you a story. It's something like you want to purchase a book. You go into a, a bookstore and you want to purchase a book. Mostly we will go for the known collectors we we already know we already read uh, read about some uh, collect I mean some authors books and we know that one it will be good for you to read. So if you go into a a, a bookstore, you collecting a book uh, belongs to that fellow. It is not a big task. If for you easy for uh, choosing that book and collect it and uh, read about. But the NFT world is suddenly different. It is completely a, a, a I mean new to all of us. So you go into a store, you want to collect a book, there is no non-collector there. There is no non-author I mean, uh, non there. So how you collect a book? That is the biggest task. So I consider if, suppose I'm a collector, how I go and collect a book? First and foremost, I will check maybe the cover page of that book. It may attract it with me. The second may be the title of that book. It may pull me into that book. Maybe I will flip it a few pages and understand about that book and I collect it. Of course, there is a factor, affordable price. So these are the things is happening in NFT world. We all are new to this platform. We might be uh, famous or followers. We have a lot of followers. People know you in a real world. But NFT, we all are new. So that affordable price is the key uh, for uh, I mean, someone like me into this platform and uh, minting and listing my works. So this is how I works. Um, um, I don't know. Um, I still, I, I listed my works in affordable price in OpenSea. Um, of course, um, foundation, those are my Genesis pieces. I don't want to go cheaper. And I believe um, I, I do have, I never give up things. So I keep pushing those things uh, until the right collector uh, see those works and understand the importance of that work. So I'm sure it may collect it. So these are the factors. I put it in my, my stuff and uh, I don't know whether it is true or not, but uh, I keep pushing. <laughs> uh, that is the thing. So that is my take on this uh, NFT world, I, what I understood for the pricing. I'd like to, um, yeah, thank you very much for that. And I think you brought up something interesting because you talked about different platforms and then the pricing on those platforms. And um, I'd love to throw up a suggestion. Um, so there's a thing called anchor pricing that's used um, in the traditional world a lot. And basically it means you set up a price and then that's your anchor price. And so prices above or below that have um, special meaning and you use that, you use that anchor as the way to be able to actually drive sales. Cause if you can use an anchor price and then you price something under your anchor, then automatically to buyers, 
that looks like a great deal. And I've seen a, I've seen people that actually understand that and use it really well um, between foundation and open sea. And then I've seen people that I confident don't actually understand it because um, they're not able to actually use it. So if it were me, a suggestion I have just something to throw out there. What I see is some people put work on foundation that is literally two or three times better than the work they put on open sea. And so when you look at that work on foundation, even though you might have bought the work on open sea, you're just like, yeah, I can't buy that work on open sea because this stuff on foundation is so much better. I don't want to buy. Um, I actually don't want to buy something that's subpar and some artists can make their open sea collection, even though it's a great collection, look worse because of what they put on foundation. So my suggestion is to use foundation. Who's going to take a much larger percentage of your actual sale um, use it as your anchor and put artwork on there that is very similar as far as quality as what you're doing on your open sea collections. Just price it higher and then market and promote your foundation. Oh, and also I have this collection on open sea. And when your collectors go in and they look at the foundation, they're like, wow, that's, you know, that's really good. It's priced at what, uh, so let's say it's priced at, at one ETH but you have an open C collection and the open C collection is priced at 0.5 ETH. Well, when that collector looks at your foundation piece and like, yeah, that's nice. And that's really good. And then they go and they say, okay, I'm going to go look at your open C collection. And you see that you see the work and it's, it's priced under that anchor that you've established. It seems like a incredible value. And uh, you don't have to don't necessarily use one in 0.5 or whatever, but you can use that anchor pricing to drive sales somewhere where you have maybe more supply. And um, it's a really, it's a tool just used all the time in real world. Um, and there's a handful of people I've seen that use it very effectively in the NFT space, but um, most are not using it correctly. And it's a huge, huge opportunity for um, every artist that is, you know, has a um, invitation to mint on, foundation mint one or two pieces um price them higher than your open c promote it and you create an anchor and then your open c is going to seem like a real it's going the va perceived value of that collection is going to be higher to the collector that's a great point <laughs> yeah uh, i got it your point uh, let's see we'll try out that um, of course, the, I mean, um, I consider I'm choosing my platform based on the theme, what I want to emphasize, like uh, some uh, some people may say, like a branding or something like that. See, actually, I, I love to work in all genres of photography. Uh, I do have a lot of things to bring on this NFT platform. So I just push something I just want to, uh, I mean, we can say something like a branding or something like that. So I'm using my foundation in that sense. And uh, other platforms, maybe hey, I can bring other 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 genres of photography as a collection. So it kind it kind kind of an affordable price. So if someone want to look into and if they want to collect it or something like that, that is the uh, strategy I use. Uh, but I agreed with your point. Uh, let's see <laughs> how I can work on that. Thank you, Alpha. Uh, anyway, I'm so happy and first time I'm able to talk to you. I never get a chance, even though I've been to your spaces a couple of times. 
well last phase also i want to engage but i couldn't able to get a chance anyway thank you yeah that was honestly that was really awesome advice i actually really appreciated hearing that as well and i feel like it just reinforces what i'm doing with my yellow dress like i'm letting it i have it on foundation and it's higher price but i'm letting the yellow dress like cook on twitter right now and just building it and building it and building it before i start to release more i really really like that about the anchor pricing okay so i think we're going to move to the next person who had their hand raised i don't know if it was oh evan just got bumped down i think it was forever a nomad hi how are you doing Hi guys, how are you? Doing good. We're, good. We're all good. good. We're all doing good. Very good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I've had the chance to listen to you guys on other spaces and have learned so much um, from everyone, and and I really appreciate it. Um, I had a question. I have been working on my first collection, and my my thought process was actually to put one of the pieces up on foundation and put the other ones. Um, on OpenSea. One of the questions that I had was I am working on an African wildlife project and wanted to donate some of the proceeds, like some of the profit. Um, I guess I'm, my question is being new to this space and, and not really knowing anything. Um, is that a good idea uh, to to put in the description or to you know, say that this, some of the, you know, however percentage or whatever goes to um, World Wildlife Fund or whatever, or is it a better idea to not publicize that and just do that in the background? I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how to price it and market it in that way, if that makes sense. Were you sorry? I kind of missed that just because I was looking at how many speakers were up here and just trying to manage that. Were you saying asking if it's a good idea to like promote that you're going to be donating it to a portion to charity? Was that the yeah? So uh, yeah, is it a, is it a good idea to market that particular aspect? And how do you price it to where you can get you know a good amount that it's not just it's not just paying for the gas fees that you just had to pay to mint the thing, but it's also, it will give um, something back to these other charities. I'm just, I'm not sure like how to even go about pricing something if I'm going to give some of it to charity. I think that you should definitely include that when you're marketing it, that you are going to donate it. And I think it's really, really important to do that early on, like build this, hype to it rather than you know you release your collection and then you start saying oh I'm going to donate a portion to charity do it right away do it right in your marketing when you're going to release this collection I think that has huge weight to people if you are going to donate well I would I would look at that and think that's amazing that you're donating to charity that's that's awesome definitely don't leave that out I don't know if anybody else has any input on the pricing for that, but that's my thought on if you were donating. Yes, definitely talk about it. Yeah, I'll throw into that real fast because definitely if you're going to do that, do that, do it up front from the very beginning because it's 
definitely comes across more authentic and genuine, um, genuine that way. And, um, is way better than adding that, you know, after you've already released the, because then it becomes more like, Oh, it's a marketing, it's more of a marketing ploy. And then when you sell something, um, there's a lot of wildlife, um, photographers that are really good at doing this and, um, they'll, you know, they'll let you know they made the donation and sometimes they make that donation in the buyer collector's name. Uh, sometimes those donations come with like, you know, little adoption certificates and things and they send those to the collectors and they get those in the collector's name and it's all really cool. And I mean, I think that's a, an amazing thing, but one thing I would caution and just remind um, people. So when you are doing a donation um, and so you decide that you're going to, to market that and that's part of your marketing you're also potentially, um, you could be limiting your buyers because depending on what your what charity that you're going to donate to or what that causes, um, it needs to, for me, no, um, I'm okay. If I'm buying that art and I'm okay with the price, then I really, whatever you're doing with the money is absolutely fine with me. And I would probably buy it either way. But there's some collectors that are going to look at that and they automatically think, oh, I'm overpaying for this because um, part of the money is going to charity and I want to make my own choices on where I donate my money. And um, that's the same thing I've seen in the um, in real life or, you know, above the rabbit hole um, for my entire, you know, my entire career. I know people and they they feel like whenever they buy something that's going to be donated for charity, that they're actually, you know, they're overpaying for it because they're, they're making the donation and they want to make their own choices on where that's going. So you just have to be aware of that. And if you're okay with that, then um, I say, go for it. I mean, you have a great cause. Um, there's going to be people that are going to be um, supportive of that and passionate about that. And so, um, you know, it's, it's great, but I would not expect, I think some people, um, they do, they think they expect that that's going to help push sales and they're going to sell more because of that. And that's not the case. I don't think. And sometimes, um, depending on how they set it up, it could limit your sales. So you just have to be aware of that going into it. Hmm. Okay. That's, that gave me a lot to think about. Um, cause yeah, I'm just trying to, I, I wanted to obviously, give back. Um, but I'm just not sure how to, to do that. And like I said, I didn't want to price it to where you're right. Like you don't want to price it to, to where someone looks at it and was like, well, you know, instead of giving you this money, I could just literally turn around and, and give the charity money, which I, I would like. Um, in fact, I'd rather they do that than, than trying to give it to me so I can turn around and pay the gas bills and then give the rest to charity. But at the same time, I don't know. I kind of wanted to raise awareness so it's it's like walking that fine line and trying to figure out how to do that. Um, would you suggest instead of doing the entire collection, like either do the one on foundation and do like publicize that I'm donating that that particular uh, photo uh, proceeds to charity, and then the other one not, like the other one on OpenSea, like the entire collection, or vice versa. Would that be a better strategy? Um, I think an interesting strategy that you might consider if you put a collection on OpenSea um, in your collection description, 
Um, you're talking about, you know, you need to include about why you're, why you put that collection together, what it's all about and about yourself and then say, Hey, I'm going to donate um, part of the proceeds to charity. The last photo that sells in this collection, when it's sold out, all the proceeds from that photo are going to go directly to this charity. And so, um, then I think when people are buying those early pieces, they're not necessarily thinking that, you know, that you're, they're making the donation, um, for you to the charity of your choice. I mean, they're buying a piece of art and you have it priced accordingly. And when you give the, you know, the proceeds from that last piece or the last two pieces or however you want to do that from a percentage perspective, um, it just feels really genuine and it feels like, Hey, this is something I'm glad to help you get to that point. And that might help you actually sell the collection out faster. Okay, go through that. I'm I'm listening to you, but my mind is spinning. <laughs> Shall I put some word for you forever? Oh, uh, sure. Actually, see, we've done, uh, I can say something like a successful uh, charity drive uh, through Wildlife Collective. Actually, we are 18 photographers in this NFT platform. We run a charity drive and it got a little bit successful. Uh, we almost uh, rise about two ETH or something like that. So basically what we done, uh, the major thing is how to find uh, the, the NGOs or uh, the people who you want to uh, donate or support. If they are in the NFT platform, that will be great because uh, they use crypto. Uh, so you can use their crypto uh, wallet or something like that to showcase where you are uh, going to donate. And even the, the, those people can also be part of if you are in a space or something like that. So you can show the genuinity. Genuinity is important stuff. In the People may support for the charity, but people have to know my money goes to where. So that is the possibility you can do. So if the NGO you want to support or the organization you want to support, if they are into NFT, that will be great. So uh, everything will be transparent. So that easy for people to invest on you, uh, I mean, invest on your, your artwork. And same time, they can uh, they can give some money for the charity as well. So that is, that is the way we proceed. And uh, we, we are quite successful in that. And uh, mm -hmm. we're planning for uh, next drive, uh, most probably next month or something like that. So uh, that is my suggestion. So maybe you can bring those people into the NFT platform. Yeah, that's a great idea, and I'm I'm going to connect with you uh, later on, and maybe we can kind of discuss this a little bit further. Because um, I, I really like I like what you're saying, and I actually was uh, looking into the Wildlife Collective and was listening to a space um, yesterday that they were in. Um, Alpha, you were saying that the last the last two photos or the last photo that sold make it to where like that entire profit goes towards a charity. Could I do like, like maybe list three different charities, have someone choose it or I don't know. I'm, I know this is probably like crazy. It's just, it's a lot of information on top of me learning all about <laughs> NFTs over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So one thing, a lot of gen art um, projects will do um, charities and it'll be part of their roadmaps. And definitely I'm not suggesting you have a roadmap or anything like that. But um, what you could do is you say, okay, the, the proceeds from, you know, so much of the proceeds from every um, 
every one of them right i really like doing like the last one because it gives it gives the people you don't alienate anyone but then it gives the people that are really really behind what you're doing incentive to help you sell that collection out and so you say okay the proceeds from this or the last two the last one whatever it is are going to go to charity and you could um put together a list of three or four wildlife you know funds or whatever it is that you're you think are really all deserving and then let all of your stakeholders or collectors that have um, bought your pieces take a vote and decide where it goes and it would be amazing and you you connect your community of collectors and so the, in the that's a world, great idea i like that a lot <laughs> and a lot of the new collectors that are coming into this space they're kind of familiar with that because that's being done in the gen art world right now to pretty good success for different projects so it would, and it would be fun and i haven't really seen that being done um in the one of one art world so it'd be kind of neat to see that Thank you. you guys, that was that was great information. <laughs> Thank you. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just want to do like a reset here because we do have some people that want to come up and speak. So if you've been invited up to speak, but you don't want to speak, I am going to say this as sweetly as possible. Please drop down to listeners because there is quite a few requests and we really want people up who do want to say something. Yeah, we have, well, yeah, we have quite a few requests to speak. So if you're done you're not engaging, just please drop down to listeners that will help us out a lot so we can get the conversation flowing more. And also what a badass space this is and how much awesome information we're learning. I feel like I'm learning a lot. I hope you guys are too. Thank you for that, Sarah. And I know we've got, um, Joshua was in earlier with his hand raised and um, I don't know if he got rugged or, but he's back. So Joshua, did you, um, to pick up on that from before, did you have something you would like to share? Um, thanks. Thanks, Benajungle. Um, I, uh, how are you this evening? Doing good. Thank you. How are you? Doing well as, as well. Um, uh, I had to go to dinner, actually. <laughs> That's why I had to drop. Um, I didn't get rugged, thankfully, because that is definitely something that is a feature of Twitter. Absolutely. Well, glad you're back. <laughs> um, so the subject is about pricing, correct? Yes. Yeah, I, I do have a, a uh, an opinion, um, and it is just an opinion on this. And I don't know if it's been touched on because I, I know this space is also recorded. Um, but it was kind of like a, the best way to describe it is, it was a growth experience, uh, being in the space. Cause I've been here since June of last year. And initially, I mean, it's, you have to completely look at this space as completely different than how you're selling your prints or a photographer, um, before NFTs. Um, because it, with, with, with that in mind, uh, your initial sale is your sale. Um, and I, yeah, so I don't know if this has been said, but the ecosystem with which, which we live in, in the NFT space is such that uh, a dri Drift is a great case study in this is because when he started out, I mean, his piece is sold for as low as 0.25 ETH. Um, and now you're seeing them go for 40 or 50 or even more. Um, and I think it doesn't stop there, honestly. Um and I think that's a great way to look at like uh, and maybe have some humility 
uh, that, you know, even no matter how long you've been in the space, uh, been shooting or done photography, when you come into the MT space, you're starting at square one and your pricing at times should maybe reflect that. Um, and nothing against people that have been shooting for 10 or 15 or 20 years. I've been shooting for 10 myself, but when you're asking and you haven't put in the time or work in this space, 10 or 12 or whatever the price might be in ETH for a photo, um, it might be a turnoff to collectors. And I, I, I don't, I don't know, but it seems to be the case uh, in a lot of instances. Um, obviously at the end of the day, a photo alone is something that's beautiful. Collectors look it in. If they want it, they're going to go and buy it. Um, but just food for thought, because if you're trying to build a foundation upon which you want to grow in the space, um, I, I, yeah, going back to Drift specifically, is that he his pri- his pricing was rather inexpensive at the time. Um, and he was able to grow a collector base, and now you can see where he's at now. So maybe taking a more broader view or a look at where do you want to be long-term specifically is going to help you to really be successful. Maybe not today, but in say six, six months to a year. Thanks for that, Josh. I also think um, it, like collectors need to understand this too. And obviously fellow photographers is most of us, we all came from Instagram. I don't know why we always say that, but we're all from Instagram. So we have just been hearing this nonstop, like absurd amount of money that our fellow photographers are making over here in the NFT space. And it's very confusing, like very, very confusing. I know I'm, I'm in real life friends with like the top sellers in this space. And I really think we get confused making that jump over. And a lot of people think like, as I went back to before when listening to your friends, which I think is actually dangerous when your friends are like, no, sell that piece for 10 ETH because you're worth it. Look at what they're doing. They're selling it. I think that there was this period of time, we'll call it the Kath days when she came on early on, like that, I don't feel that really exists anymore. And we have to be very realistic. And just give yourself a little bit of a break too, that you're in this learning process with pricing. So if you really need to like lower your prices, I think this is the perfect time to do it. Do it now, do it early on, correct those mistakes now. Yeah, I would just like to throw it in and say with what Josh said um, in talking about drift specifically. I mean, I think there's there could be some drifts in the room right now, the next drift. But the thing is, Drift, I mean, yeah, there was a a time that may have been a sweet spot, but he still put in the work, and he didn't start at 58th. I mean, if if he'd have put in a, if he'd have put his first photo up at 58th, he probably wouldn't have sold it. And so he's built it to this because he put in the work. He put in the work at producing just absolutely incredible art. And also in the promotion side and what he's done. And so it's been a process to build it up. And um, I think sometimes people come into the space and they want to short circuit that part of it and skip that part of the process, but you can't really, Um, you've got to like, you got to put in the work and the time and you've got to start at the right place and then you can build up to, to get to that higher point. And, and I talked earlier about, you know, I bought a piece of, um, 
from Tyler's Tyler's journey. I love his art. I loved it two or three months ago. Whenever I bought his, you know, I bought one of his early pieces. But at the time, to you know, when I bought the piece today, I paid three ETH for it, and I'm excited. I'm ecstatic to be able to do that. But I probably wouldn't have done it two months ago or three months ago because he hadn't put in the time yet. And his his art is incredible. It was incredible then, and it's incredible now. But he built that value up, and so it's part of that process. And um, so I really appreciate Josh what you had to say about um, drift because drift did the same thing, and and that's the part that people coming in now into the space and they see that they don't realize the work he put in. And you know he started he started at the same place that they're starting at really, and um, he's just been able to to do that. And there's been a, a, a lot of photographers that have followed in that and kind of followed that pattern and they've been able to do that too. But Drip, he understands managing supply. He, he, he's done things right. And he's, he, he's, he's put in the work. So thank you, Josh. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. The only thing I would add as well, and, and this really grinds my gears at times is, is the tweets um, with no context that say, know your worth. And someone that's brand new from IG, <laughs> IG, Instagram, uh, seeing that is like, oh, know your worth. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll price this at 10 ETH. And it's like, you bring up a great point. You got to know, you got to understand and decompartmentalize where you are in a brand new space and know that you have to put in that work and show that through your pricing. And I mean, it definitely is a personal choice. Uh, and something that's an educational process. But yeah, I mean, it takes time and effort. Nothing happens overnight. We were talking about this this morning in our space is that you got to put in the effort, you got to put in the work. Um, and then you might have to double or tri triple or quadruple down on being bullish on yourself and believing in yourself before it ever comes to fruition. Um, but if you're, you first and foremost as an artist have to, put yourself in that position where you believe in yourself and show it before anyone else is going to believe in you. Yeah. Amen to that. Excellent point, Josh. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think drift is a great example of that too. <laughs> and I would just like to note that you are officially now able to migrate things uh, around on OpenSea. Uh, up until next Friday. So for those that weren't aware and that were questioning pricing and still have it up and want to change it around, you can now do that. Uh, you should have gotten an email about it. So make sure to check your emails for OpenSea email about migrating your listings and moving stuff around. Just got the email myself. <laughs> Side note. Is anyone as annoyed as me that there's no 100s anymore? Because like when people are talking, I want to give them the 100s. <laughs> I, yes. I just give them love now. Just I'm thinking about yes. that, yeah. Give them. I don't love. like the clap. I miss the fist bump too. I feel like I'm clapping. It's very aggressive. The, I agree with that one. I miss the fist bump more than <laughs> oh, the 100. I like Alpha I like the heart. Has his fist bump. <laughs> I like spreading the love, but the the clapping, I'm like, all right. Yes. Well, I look at <laughs> the clapping I look at is not clapping. I look at it as more as like blessing. You put your hands together and it's a blessing. Blessed. Yeah. Well, we're all going to be throwing hearts. That's well, our only way now in peace signs. <laughs> I'm down with it. 
Okay, I think we got to keep this moving along because we still have a lot of people that want to re- want to speak. So well, Evan... I actually have to run, Sarah. Okay. Uh, and is it Anna? Anna? Meta? Emma? 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 <laughs> shit! Almost had it. It's okay. It's been a <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you all. Love to you all. I will be checking out uh, everyone's profiles that I didn't. I missed out on. Uh, I have to run. But appreciate having me up here. Appreciate you having me up here. (laughs) Thanks for coming, as always. You're awesome. Okay, so I think we need... Okay, Evan was up here before and had his hand up. So I'm just going straight to Evan. Because he got... He I don't know where he left. Or maybe got rugged. Hi, Evan. Hello. Hello, yes. I did get rugged at exactly the wrong time. So thank you very much. Um, And thanks to everyone who has been speaking up here. I mean, I've already learned a lot. Um, I did have one question, which is like, um, you know, as, as an outsider, right. So like, you know, I've worked in publishing as, you know, some people who are here early know, um, you can think of me as like a magazine editor. And I wonder, like, there was a gentleman who was here before who was a storm chaser. Right. And he was bringing up the fact that like, he wants to continue to do this. You know, he wants to keep storm chasing for a long time. And, you know, I do have to wonder, um, like is all of nft photography pricing like is our entire conversation that we're having right now predicated on gas fees because in other markets like let's say other creator economies right um you know people are not doing the kind of unit sales that nft photographers are and here's exactly what i mean by that so like if you are a a podcaster you know, if you're a YouTuber, if you're a writer, you know, you're not making ever, you're never, ever making like a, a $2,000 sale. You're making several $5, you know, you're making dozens and dozens and dozens of $5 sales. And so I guess my question is, is like, you know, it, you know, I've sort of walked into this like uh, NFT photography space and everyone seems to be an art photographer. And the only buyers seem to be ETH whales, right? And, you know, I don't know how, I don't know if it's going to be that way forever. Like, you know, I don't know when OpenSea added Polygon, and I'm sure they're going to add other networks that don't have the gas implications of, uh, of uh, you know, Ethereum. And so what I'm wondering is, like, that gentleman who was saying that he wanted to be a... Uh, like a, a storm chaser forever. They're not forever, but you know, he like wants, he wants to continue to do this work. It's like, so, I mean, do you think of, I mean, like, are you an, an art photographer or would you rather like, just like sell articles about storm chasing to like uh national geographic? Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, like that's, that's really my core question is, is like, is all of this predicated on gas fees and ETH whales or is this, or is everyone want to be, an art photographer because they want to be an art photographer rather than like, that's the only way to sell photography period. Well, if I can speak on that for just a second, I would say um, one thing that actually always irritates me when we talk about buyers being ETH whales or being a whale, or it's only people with, you know, huge um, pocketbooks because that's not really the case at all. And um, I personally know, you know, working moms, that um, are coming in and they love a piece of art, they love a photograph and they spend 
really hard earned money to buy that. And so um, I think, but do we think, but do we think that's the majority of the money coming into the space? Um, I would not say it's the majority of the money, but to me, it's the most important money that's coming into the space because when you get that, you have um, the working class people coming in and buying um, art from photographers and from one of one artists. I mean, that means something that means, I mean, I don't know that anything could mean more than that. And I think that shows how progressive um, and how fastly progressing this market is. Um, so, yeah, I think there is way beyond just some whales. And I don't think that the future is predicated or the future or now is predicated on gas because the market will market correct that. I mean, it's going to the gas fees will eventually fix themselves. They have to. I mean, it's it's survival. And so that will happen. But um, no, I definitely do not think that the gas fees are the, the most important thing. I think that, yeah, there's artists that have all different um, reasons for and motivations for their photography, what they're doing. And I'm sure there's a lot of them that would, you know, love that a lot of them already have um, their work in um, magazines all around the world and they do these things, but they're also selling NFTs. And so I don't think any of it's mutually exclusive. Um, I think you can be a national geographic photographer and you can also sell NFTs and they complement each other perfectly. So I don't think an artist has to make that choice. So let me clarify that question then. Um, because I think that, I think that it, sure you're, you're right that like there are some people and I mean, I've bought and I bought photography NFTs. Um, but what I mean is, is that like, you know, the, the thing that I really want to focus on in this question is um like making your work approachable by lots of people versus focusing uh, everything that you can on, on making a few sales. I'd like to jump in and comment on this um, just because I, I'm an artist and I'm also a collector. So I entered the NFT space pretty early in April, 2021. Um, and in 2021, I was blessed to make some really high sales on foundation, which allowed me to collect from the community. And I, I mean, I believe that everyone's work is approachable for any type of collector out there. I mean, when I'm marketing my work, I'm not just targeting, you know, someone who's going to give me a one e sale or above. I'm diversifying my portfolio so that I have options for every type of collector out there. Yes, I do have high, higher priced one of ones on foundation that are at one ETH and above, you know, that anchor pricing that Alpha was talking about. But I also have, you know, collections out at lower price points at 0.25 to give other collectors who do not have one ETH and above a chance to, you know, invest in myself and my work. And I think that goes for so many of us out here is, you know, so many of us artists, we're not just here to make a buck. We're truly here to, you know, to support others with the buck that we make. And, you know, I think anyone out here who has, you know, you know, been blessed to, you know, have made a lot of ETH uh, through NFT photography has put it back into the community. I mean, I know I've put, you know, at least a couple of ETH back into the community um, because of my sales. And I, I think, you know, most people here have done the same because we can't, like it's the community that allows us to have eyes on our work. You know, like we're not going to be able to 
possibly reach that collector that is going to resonate with that photo if that retweet didn't happen at the right time. So, you know, I think, you know, to answer that question, it's, you know, like we're, we are out here trying to, to have work available for every single type of collector, whether that is, you know, someone who's going to spend two, three, four ETH possibly, or it's your friends who just really want to support you and spend, you know, 0.1 or 0.2 to have your NFT on their blockchain. I mean, that's. Lauren, at least for me, you're rugged, but uh, great answer. I really appreciate it. Lauren, I think you're gone. But definitely, yeah, but definitely love, yeah, she was definitely appreciated everything she had to contribute for sure. (laughs) I didn't mean to cut you off, Sarah. Oh, no, all good, all good, all good. I know, yeah, we collect too. Like, we, Evan, we, we sell and we collect. And I wanted to mention this, like, way at the beginning of the space, but I didn't. I just, about being, like, a photographer who collects, what I actually look for in the pieces that I collect is... Obviously, I, I want to support my friends and I love their pieces, but I actually know, like, for me, a big thing collecting is who who I know is, is, is going to stick with it and, like, stick with photography. That's probably the biggest thing for me when I buy a piece from one of my friends is, are they here just to fuck around? Sorry for swearing. Or are they here for the long run? That's probably the deciding factor for me of when I collect from someone. But anyways, I just wanted to throw that in for some random reason. I thought of it right now. Can, can, can I interject real quick? Um, I, I think it goes to understanding uh, your ultimate goals in the space first and foremost, and then understanding how you're going to move and what kind of path you're going to have in the space. Um, and, I don't know why, but there's a lot of noise. Um, and it's really hard to decompartmentalize with the difference between noise and what substance is. Um, and I guess that could be applied to life in general. I mean, the world we live in is getting crazier and crazier, it feels like, every day. So it's really it, it's hard, but understanding and having that information uh, at your disposal and saying, hey, this is my number one goal. And then how am I going to get there? Um, and pricing is a really big point in, in that whole matter. And I think, Lauren, the thing that really stood out to me was, and is the same thing that I stand for myself as an artist, is that if you're building a foundation with a community surrounding what you're creating, the last thing you want to do is price those people out, especially since the majority of them are probably artists, first and foremost, uh, as well. So your pricing, I mean, at some point your price is going to go up and we've seen this with other artists in the space. Um, but when you're starting out, you should really be keeping it rather inexpensive and keeping in mind that royalties play a huge factor and is different than anything we've ever seen in the art space. Um, this is a, the NFTs that we have here is the first time that we can see art be circular um, both for artists and collectors alike and also uh, your bag or your wallet that every time a transaction happens you're getting something and they're getting something too 
Awesome point, Josh. And I know for me, that's one of the things um, for me coming into the NFT space, you know, as a collector and also just loving the idea of building a small, you know, for people to be able to build their business and their brand. I love the fact that they can continually be supported throughout their career and throughout their journey. I mean, that's just, it's super, super exciting. And I do think it's an important thing to keep in mind in this conversation. So thank you for bringing that out. And not to take over on Sarah's, um, on uh, selecting and moving on with the next speaker. I think Splash was the next one with his hand raised, I think. Thank you guys, by the way, for being patient and waiting this evening. Um, Splash, can you hear me okay? Yeah, Mr. John, we can hear you. Sarah, hi, guys. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it's a nice space, and it's really a nice time for me. Um, hear from various uh, speakers talking about pricing on your hard work. I I've I've come across something like this before, and I I made a comment that I was saying my my hard work is priceless because whatever I make out there, it's all intentional and um. If I'm not, if I'm not resonating with my work, and I can see how strong it is, uh, I would never put uh, the kind of price I put on my artwork uh, out there. Like there's one thing I always tell most artists that I come across. I'm a documentary photographer uh, from Nigeria, and I've been to so many other places uh, outside the country. I I do tell them that your work, your pricing on work determines uh, the value you put on your hard work. Neutrally, uh, coming up on your NFT, maybe your first NFT, uh, your first price shouldn't be up to one ETH or even point uh, five point something. I always say to people, no. If... Uh, Collector hasn't collect my work. It doesn't mean what I produce or what I have on ground is not good. It's just a matter of the real person that is uh, that that resonates with the picture is yet to have it. And the truth of the matter is, when people keep telling you what you are doing, like no, normally, I've come across some. Uh, uh, collectors who told me what I'm doing is like they got resonated with the picture, just it's not what they want. And some want it, but they feel oh, they want to support people with less amount of like that puts less uh, amount on their pictures, and it's fine. So, you pricing your picture at your first, how do you price your work? You once you resonate with your work. Uh, the prestige in which you put on your hard work determines. Sometimes you can see people whose work are not even as close to what you produce, and they are putting in high money on their work, and they are being collected. So you can you can you can try and understand how it depends on how you resonate with your work and the value you give to your art work. Me as for me, I believe. If if you resonate and you give values to your artwork, your first pricing um, 
your your peer group doesn't supposed to influence your first pricing because at first you get uh you get lost on the way of the track in the uh, track of being focused and and putting the prestige on your work for instance if i am to come up there was this time i got up when i got to nft uh now it was like this the fear of will this work be collected do you think this and that it grieved so many of my uh, colleagues like that and they couldn't put the real amount they have in mind to put on their hard work but at as long at an extent did when, when one collected when one of their works were collected it was like oh wow i thought this thing was not real and this was what at first to most people they don't some still don't believe this thing is real to now and so you, it makes you to bring down uh the pricing on your artwork but like i've been saying in as much you can resonate with your work uh, you need to give your work value and in as much you feel this work this is what it worth fine you go ahead and put it and definitely in as much you do allow uh maybe the pricing you put on here to be something that will weigh you down or you think oh it's like you're frustrated and you just felt like this work i want to put it on maybe 0.1 no in as much you could you don't do that i i feel uh putting your your pricing at the first instant determines on the value and uh, the way you resonate with your hard work. Uh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak. Um, I'm glad to listen to so many people and listen to our collectors in the space and still be in here listening to people. Thank you very much. Yeah, so thank you for that. And I really appreciate what you had to say and really the emphasis on how important it is for um, you as an artist to to put a value and to value the work that you're putting out. And so um, I think it's a good reminder to just not do things that might devalue what you're, what you're doing. Be careful about how you talk about your work because you don't want to devalue it um, or make people think even, you know, maybe make people think that you've devalued it. So those are really, really good points. And I appreciate that. I, I would love to just throw out a reminder really fast that, you know, sometimes um, people put their, they might attach their self value or value as an artist to the price that something brings. And you've got to be really careful and not do that because that's, that's not really the case um, in the, in the traditional art world. Think about how many times you've seen a piece of art sell for a, a price at you know, maybe a gallery or um, a smaller auction house. And then three months later, it sells for two or three or four times that amount. And it doesn't mean that the first time it sold, it wasn't worth more. It's all about the number of eyes and the amount of promotion that's done. And so just be really, really careful about ever um, really attributing any kind of self-value of yourself to what a price is because they really are different and um you definitely want to value your artwork but don't let somebody and sometimes you know collectors and i see it and it always bugs the heck out of me when they go in and they cut a floor really bad on somebody's sold out um collection um but 
you don't, as an artist, you don't want that to re- to even take that in any way personally and say, oh, you know, my art value is down or anything because it's not that. It's it's a totally different thing. It's completely separate from that. You just got to keep that in mind all the time. Thank you for that. It was a bit of information, I think. And also I just want to say Splash, I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but thank you for coming up and sharing that with us. That was really nice to hear. I think that we're going to move on because we still got some people that want to speak. I think it was, it, is it, I, have, I know we've talked before and I'm very sorry. I cannot pronounce your name. It, Ishmael, Ishmael, is that how you say yeah, it? Hi, Ishmael, did I get it right? Ishmael. Yeah, Ishmael, Sarah. Damn, How's it I'm going, good. Sarah? Hey. <laughs> how are you, Rama, Sarah? <laughs> Hello. Some familiar Hello. faces here. Um, so I, I requested so long ago and you guys gone through so many things that, um, that I want to talk about, but, um, honestly, I think a lot of us come into this world, this NFT world, you know, thinking like as photographers, artists, like, okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to see how much I'm going to price my, I'm going to compare my work to others. I'm going to see how how much money I'll be able to, how many ETH I'll be able to sell my work. And, and, and a lot of us come with that, with that mindset. Right. And then we start meeting people. We start, um, um, connecting with others in these communities. And at least for me, uh, I've been in these spaces for, for a bit now for like, for like two and a half weeks. And, um, I'm just like, like I haven't, I haven't released any anything yet. I haven't minted anything, but I'm all about like my first collection. Like I'm sharing it on my profile, and I'm all, all about making it like accessible. You know, not only to collectors, but to other fellow artists and the people that have been there, like looking on my stuff and like that have been supporting me. And um, I know, I know of collectors. But I, I don't have any relationships with any of these collectors. Like, I haven't really had conversations about my work with any collectors. And and for me now, it's so much more important to put out my work, put my work out there, you know, um, and share with the people that have been following me through the whole journey and have it also at, at an available, like a reasonable price, you know, because I'd love to if some other artists went and, and so, I don't know got one of my nfts like it'd be so nice to have my art shared like have my art owned by people that that actually admire my work that are following me through through the whole thing through the whole journey so honestly like i think it's just for me at least it, the whole mindset on the pricing changed so much and because i'm always doing work i'm always shooting more photos you know and i'm here for the long run so i'm not like too worried about you know like if i price my things too low like i don't want to price it low low enough where i'm gonna like make everyone else kind of go down with me you know what i mean reasonable price but more than that making it accessible to artists and collectors friends i think i think the community aspect of all of this and just sharing with like just these amazing people and you're seeing some crazy work right it's an amazing stuff and and some work that it's not even comparable because you know you might do landscapes and then some other guy does portraits and then this other guy is an illustrator so like i mean in the end of the day 
I think this whole thing is more about more than just like going out and selling for the highest price that you can get. It's just more about sharing the work with the people that kind of believe in your work and that are like in the same vibe, resonate with your stuff. And, and I don't know, at least for me, like that's where I'm at right now. And, um, I'm just loving like the people that come to my to my Twitter space and they're like, you know, I don't know, giving me like congratulating me for, you know, the little pieces that I think I'm going to mend or like even the construction, uh, constructive feedback. And I think like we all maybe got to like kind of take it, take it down, like chill out about, you know, being so like rushed to sell our work and, and so eager to selling it like top price and more about, you know, connecting the relationships connecting with collectors you know because your first buyers are going to be your first collectors and and they'll become hopefully friendships in the future in the future you know so for me at least like my whole idea of selling my work here like it changed it just changed 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 i want my first work my first release to be bought by the closest of the people that i've that i've shared with in these past weeks that's all. Thank you. I always love hearing from you. I, and I like how you say like how much your thoughts have changed. And that's, it's really cool. Really cool to hear. Thanks. I, I did want to just jump in and just quickly say this because I know we've been talking a lot about like making our work accessible, but I truly believe there's different paths here with the NFTs. And like Alpha had said, there are, very well could be the next drift in this room and you know if you have that drive and you have that vision and you want to get to that you know level of selling your work for that amount of money like keep going for it you know you choose your own path in this in this place you can be the next drift but not everybody's going to be the next drift but you can I don't want anybody like to feel discouraged if they have these dreams, these visions for their work. You know, you, you totally choose your path and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be drift. Yeah. And just remember drift didn't do it by accident. It's not an accident. It's not like just some kind of magic thing that was special for him. I mean, he put in the work and he, he did it and he deserves it. And so, but heck yeah, there's, you know, you can't do it by accident either. So you've got to like, you know, have a plan and have a strategy and, and, you know, um, be smart about it, but yes, you can do it. And don't, don't ever forget that those people that are sitting there, you know, at the top right now with the, the highest priced or um, highest volume collections, they put in the work. It didn't happen by accident and um, they deserve what they, what they have for sure. Can I add yeah, hundred percent. You know, and yeah. I think, I think you know, a lot of those guys like reach their reach the top in in their own ways and own different ways. But I know that you know, I know for myself how I want to like reach the top. You know, and it's just about for me like sharing the art. You know, with the closest for the people that I meet. And I think there, I don't think there's a right way. I think everyone can do it however they think you know, it's right. You know, if you're honest and you're like transparent about like your work and who you are and, and what you want and what are your needs, I think it's good. I think transparency is the like the most important thing about this whole 
NFT and Twitter spaces and all that. Yeah, you're you're 100 correct because no one's going to be able to go in and and copy drift. You can't do exactly what he did because that's not going to work. Um, you've got to be genuine, and that that really goes back to that passion. So if you're passionate about what you do, then that authenticity is going to show through in everything you do. So it's possible to do it. It's just not possible to do it without putting in the work. And um, but it's got to be your path, and it's got to be. Um, your way. You can't copy someone else's and, and be successful. I think Josh wanted to jump in quickly and say something. And then after that, we're moving on to Lauren because she got cut off. Sorry, Lauren. And then we're going to go to Alan. Yeah, no, building off of what Alpha said, um, I, I think that you can't copy Drift, uh, Ismail, um, but there is a framework there are some principles that he created uh, unintentionally that are great building blocks to help you be successful as an artist. And they are, first of all, his work ethic, obviously. Um, I don't think he oversaturated the market. He was consistent in how he has presented his work and himself as an individual. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, each one of us has to figure out what's going to work for us. Balance is key. Um, only you know what that balance is in your life personally. But also really important is the fact that he he had a unique way of looking at things. And you don't see him, no offense to the people that do this, I do it too. I'm a landscape photographer first and foremost. But like it, you go and shoot at turnout at Half Dome in Yosemite and, and it, there's anything necessarily unique to it. He incorporated vans and it worked. Um, you have to find your thing, something that's going to set you apart that people rem remember you for. Um, and they, it's synonymous with who you are as an individual. Um, so that when people hear, Oh, Ismail, well, he's X, Y, and Z. So it, I don't know what that is. Only you would know, but, I think it's really important to not necessarily copy the individual, but think about, okay, what are the keys to why they were successful and try to emulate that with also putting your own personal twist on it. hundred percent. And that thing could be a yellow dress. <laughs> it is going to be the yellow dress guys. I'm taking this banana as far as I can. I may have almost like shot myself in the foot though a little bit with it because it has almost become a joke. Like the whole banana thing. It's definitely funny. But yes, there I have like every day you have no idea how many times I type the word yellow, use a yellow heart, have yellow in all of my branding. Like it, it's so much and it feels like so much, but that's how I set myself apart from everybody else. It's simply just like a color. And that's like what going with Josh just said, like finding your own voice. I'm not using vans. I'm using a color and a dress and taking, putting my own spin on things and creating my own style. So important in your heart, you will find your own style. Okay, we're going to move on to Lauren. Lauren, are you back with us? Does that mean no? 
<laughs> can anybody hear me? Because I can't hear anybody. I can hear you, but I can't oh, hear okay. Lauren. Okay, Lauren, she's rugged. Still, she's rugged. Okay, Lauren, we're just gonna we're just gonna skip you and tell you if you can come. Oh, she went to listeners. Okay, Alan, hi. You've been waiting for so long. Hi, hi, Alan. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sarah. I'm good. Yourself? Good. Doing very well. Thank you. So I've been listening for a while, yeah, and lots of my um, bits of conversation that I wanted to add were from older um, conversations that I think uh, Alpha was having, too, um, with a few people. And it was just um, because I've always given this a lot of thought is just um, contributing back to the community. So like either giving um, charities money or um, investing back into my fellow photographers. And um, I was thinking about how you could manage that and I know a lot of wildlife photographers specifically, like if they're posting an NFT that is a lion photo, I think the buyer would be more inclined if that um, a percentage of that was going back into a lion foundation or something like that, right? So if you were um, a little bit more cognizant on the type of NFT that you're posting and attaching a very relatable um, charity to that as well, I think that would benefit because um, I, I myself, I just literally posted my first NFT this morning and got a bid on it. And the person said that the reason he bid on it is just because of his um, attachment to foxes in general. Um, so if I was giving away something to like a fox foundation, I'm sure he would have been totally fine with that. And that would have added value to that photo as well, too. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just super so stoked today. And I was also thinking of um, what are your guys' thoughts? Because I always thought about um, if I'm able to actually make some some money through this is posting literally a photo just to give back to the community. Like all of the proceeds just go directly back into um, fellow photographers or um, art, other artists. Okay, first I want to say, oh my gosh, that's amazing that you you already sold your piece, the Fox One on Foundation. That's yeah, awesome. the first piece, I was stoked. It, it went in like three hours, basically. I thought it was going to take like months or something. But people oh were saying God. that I, I underpriced it too. So, um, yeah. You did well. You did good. I think yeah. you had like really good build up to it as well with how you were posting all the little cutesy dootsy animals. That's so awesome. Um, I I get, don't can't like say so much on the your other question, but I do know a lot of people who have sold work just specifically to put back into the community. And yeah. one one man has done really well at it. He does the water droplets. He built like his own little water drop community and was able to give back. And yeah, he did a good job with it. But it took him time. It took him a lot of time to build it up, just like anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I th didn't Casamar do that too? Didn't she put like, was it her Hawaii photo that she gave back to the community? I don't know if she gave back some of the profits too, but maybe I'm not too sure. I, I have no <laughs> idea actually. <laughs> I haven't I haven't followed much of that with the free. Like I came in after the free Hawaii photo, but I knew a little bit of the story. Fair enough. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Sorry, go uh, ahead, Chris. Elba. Chris, the Baldwin photographer. He's been amazing at what he has done. Um, I have so enjoyed watching um, his path and seeing um, him buying back um, from, you know, the community and investing money back in. And he's got an incredible eye. I mean, 
I think there's a lot of collectors that not only buy his stuff, but then they watch what he's buying and they go in and they buy that too, because he's, uh, he's incredible. I, I, I love what he's doing and I have the utmost respect for him. And so I think that, um, giving back into the community is incredible. Um, and I think it catches not just collectors attention, but it collects, I mean, everyone in the community sees that and, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that doesn't have a deep amount of respect for him and what he's doing. I mean, it's a win-win, right? Because if you um, make a decent amount of money from one of your NFTs, you can not only leverage your own um, accounts and support the community in doing so, um, but you collect some amazing artworks that you're investing in as well, too, and and then support awesome photographers and, and artists in the community. So it's just like there's absolutely nothing to lose in my mind. I just think it's it's awesome and it shows kind of your appreciation for for everything. Like I'm super I feel super grateful today um, just from everything that's transpired. So I want to try and give back. It's a good feeling. Soak it in today. You did a good job. Yeah. I think you've done awesome with that. Thanks. Yeah, it's so incredible. One thing to keep in mind when you see somebody like Chris doing that, and they spend, and there's so many photographers um, that are doing this and artists in general that are giving back into the space and they're buying, um, they're buying art from their peers. But there is no um, bigger endorsement for the value of art. And um, that really shows that you as an artist appreciate art and you appreciate the value because you're spending um, some of your own money to buy it. And I mean, I think it just speaks volumes and I, and I absolutely love seeing it. Right on. Thanks for uh, answering my questions, guys. Thanks for coming up, Ellen. Congratulations Always. again. That's so awesome. So Thanks, just, a he- just a quick heads up. We're going to go with Lauren and then we'll, we will do Josh again because I saw he had his hand up. And then after that, we are going to be shutting down the space because we're on three hours and that's usually our limit. Otherwise, we could just go all night. And I really, really, really need to eat dinner. I'm so hungry. So Lauren, are you back? Are you with us? Hi. Hi. I think. I think so. Can you hear me <laughs> this time? No. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thanks, I can hear you. You're driving. Hi. I, I am driving in the middle of nowhere, Texas. So thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll be brief because I know y'all been going a long time, but um, I just kind of, I've really enjoyed this discussion. It's been amazing. Thank y'all so much for hosting and for having me and everyone else up. Um, because uh, when I so when I jumped into NFTs in the early days, um, you know, back in early 2021, most people were pricing for one collector that was buying incredibly high, and I think that kind of set like false a false set of expectations, maybe for what uh, our art was worth. Not saying that like your art isn't you know worth you know, lots of ETH, but, you know, we just saw people, you know, getting these incredibly high price sales and, and quite quickly. And then, um, and then the market changed. And so we had to pivot with that. And so I think it's important to be flexible and adaptable as an artist to see, you know, just paying attention to, you know, the collector base and how, you know, they're looking at your art, how, how they're buying, um, and then building trust with those collectors too. 
and it truly is a long game. I mean, like I said, I've been here for almost a year now, and it's so important to be patient in this space, like Alpha was saying, and, and to truly be in it for the long haul and not just, you know, in and out. I like to say this a lot, you know, in America, we like to microwave things, but most of the time you need to marinate them. And I think that, you know, like the NFT space is absolutely something you need to marinate uh, to, to get to the, the goals that you want to achieve. And, you know, with that, with being patient and with integrating yourself into the community, you're going to build your brand and you're going to build your platform. You know, just kind of like you were saying, Sarah, how you built your reputation around the yellow dress. Um, you know, when I entered this space, I was unknown. Like I started my Twitter in May 2021 with like 10 followers. And I was really thankful to have a community of photographers who rallied around me and invested in me and supported me um, and, it's, and supported my growth so that I became a better photographer and a better artist. And in turn, because I had their buy-in, you know, I was able to then become the artist I am today and to have this incredible platform that I have now that uh, continues to grow. And so I think that's, you know, that should be everyone's goal, you know, as figuring out who you are as an artist and, you know, building on that reputation, you know, that's what Drift has done. That's what Cass Samard has done. That's what, you know, John Knopf and Ben Strauss and, and Michael Sadowski and, you know, all of these, you know, great legendary photographers who, you know, have this, you know, pristine reputation and, and who have built trust, you know, with collectors who are willing to spend, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 ETH on their photos. But that doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> and it, it sure as heck didn't happen overnight for them. And it won't happen overnight for us. You know, we do have to be willing to, to put in the work and to, to grind it out and, you know, to, to definitely surround yourself with community who are going to speak truth <laughs> into you and over you, like when you're in those moments when it gets hard, um, because that's how you're going to make it <laughs> in this space is just to continue uh, to sow into the community and in turn, like they're going to sow into you and, and help you in so many different ways. Um, and that's what's happened for me. And, you know, I think that's how you know, I've definitely been able to sell as much as I have because I had a supportive community who, who I supported before they even supported me. And, um, you know, then when I was ready to start, you know, releasing art, you know, they, they truly believed in what I was doing because they helped me get there. And, and I also believed in myself. So yes, uh, thanks so much again, just for bearing with me as I got rugged, like, 18 times and uh thanks again for letting me speak tonight thanks lauren i hope whatever you're driving to is going to be amazing are you going to get you're in denver aren't you i am not i'm actually driving oh. out to lubbock lubbock texas my my partner tim is down there in the audience and we're, oh, right. uh, we're, yeah. we're meeting up this weekend because he's in new mexico and i'm in texas so cool meeting well have up. fun Guys. So did Josh, did you have anything you wanted to say? I just saw your hand up earlier and then it went down. But if you have anything to say. Yeah, quickly. Um, not to take away from what Lauren said, because it's all good stuff. Um, Alan triggered me in the sense that in a good way. Um, when, I, when I collect the very first thing that I think that the very first thing that uh, attracts me is what looks good to my eye. 
Um, and obviously that Fox photo is, is dope. Um, so congrats on selling it. Um, someone's going to be very happy because it is your Genesis piece uh, down the road. Um, but it, it made me think of uh, something that a friend of mine sent me a TED talk about. And it was all about uh, a reference to marketing, not telling in the simple analogy was two plus two equals four. And are you giving everyone four or are you giving everyone two plus two? And it's really important when you, because uh, he was talking about charities, he's talking about roadmaps indirectly. And I think as an artist, uh, I think uh, was it Ninja was in here earlier before I left and came back. He was talking about as an artist, your roadmap is you. And, and that's true. So anything that's extra, I don't think you have to state. I don't think you have to say. And if I'm a, as a collector and investor and you as an individual, as an artist, hearing extra down the road where like, Alan, hey, you're going to give more to say foxes or, or whatever it might be. I hear that after the fact. I mean, that makes me feel 10 times better about my investment than hearing about it before I've even purchased. And I think that's a fine line. Um, and something that we have to think about as, as individuals is like, you don't want to give too much away. So are you giving two plus two or are you giving four? Yeah. And if I can jump in there real fast um, in a lot of, in the business world, um, when you talk about the success of any business, it's about, are you, are you actually exceeding expectations? And so sometimes you, um, can over promise and under deliver and you got to be really careful about that because it's always, always better to um, under promise and over deliver because that's how you build um, lifelong customers in any business. And so I always would say and suggest, Hey, under promise and then over deliver. And if you are able to do that, you'll definitely be uh, super successful. I completely agree with that. So, and thanks, Josh. Thanks, thanks for everything that you've come up and shared. It's like you start your morning in a space and you're ending in a space too. So, uh, Joseph, so before we wrap up here, because we are finished for the night, I see you have your hand up. Hi, how are you? Oh, hi, everyone. Uh, great conversation. I'll uh, try and be succinct and uh, get through my questions as quick as possible as we're near the end. Um so actually, going all the way back, if you don't mind, to Alfred um, Trilogy's anchor comment got me thinking, because I'm new, new new to the space, having come from the traditional photography and uh, print world. Um, so I was thinking of obviously different ways and different ideas of how to get into the NFT space, and uh, the anchor comment sort of gave me an idea, and I wondered what he thought about this uh, concept of whether it sort of fit in with the anchor theme, which is, say, for example, you had a... Uh, like one key image. So, you know, people talk about having, okay, your best work, um, but you also sell other work. So if I had a, a theme, for example, where I had a seminal piece, a key image, uh, Genesis, whatever you want to call it, and then I had a series of images that actually complemented that image. So they're kind of like supporting images. Um, and then you'd have obviously different pricing for that. Would that sort of fit in with the anchor theme that you were talking about earlier, Alpha Trilogy? Um, I think it could, um, depending on 
I mean, it depends on what the strategy is behind it, but it definitely could because what you're trying to do is you set a, an anchor price and then um, what that anchor price, which becomes, you know, something that's in the mind of your potential buyers when they see your other prices that compare it to that. Um, you have to be careful because if the quality of the anchor piece is far superior to the pieces that they're going to be comparing pricing to, then um, you may actually, it may work counterproductively because it may scare them off of buying those other pieces. But if you, you know, if it's a little bit better and it's more expensive, then it makes the, the pieces um, in the, in the collection or series look more attractive from a pricing standpoint. And right. I can give you a really quick example of that. I haven't even tweeted this out yet, but a while back I bought um, uh, Brandon Yasha, <laughs> Yasha, Yasha Zawa, I think. Um, I'm terrible with pronouncing names, but Brandon's an incredible photographer. Um, I, I love what he does. It's Bay Photography is his um, Twitter, but he's incredible. And he had his Genesis um, time-lapse piece on Super Rare. And um, he had three still images from that, um, that same collection. And um, he priced that Genesis piece at, um, I'd have to look back and see what it was, but I think it was four ETH that I, I actually ended up paying for it. And the the pieces that were the stills he had priced considerably less than that. And so I bought those too. But from an anchor perspective, the piece um that he had on Super Rare, it was incredible. And then being able to have the backup still images, um I think it was a really smart uh, way that he priced it and the way he did it. And um, I would say, yeah, I think it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant move because you can use anchor pricing to make your still or make your, your other images seem more attractive from a pricing um, standpoint. Okay, cool. Cause that, cause actually that's in my particular example that I come up with the, um, the key image um, would stand on its own, obviously, but the supporting images would actually help um, people understand the creative vision that led to the key image. So the supporting images, supporting images, if I choose them carefully, which I kind of already had, you know, they they actually developments of the creative vision that led to the final piece. That's the key image. So there's kind of a story there. So if you know, it's kind of hopefully that people would see that each image kind of you could see how my creative vision was developing to get to the final picture. That was the, that was the one idea I had. Do you think that's interesting to people? Yeah, I think it's very interesting. And I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. And I think uh, there'll be a lot of people looking forward to seeing that. And so, <laughs> you know, when you do that, it's, it's all about execution. And when um, your potential collectors and buyers, when they look at that, are they going to be able to, to see that? And yeah, do, do they see exactly. that progression and they, yeah. see the story that you're wanting to tell and see the passion that you have. And um, yeah. Yeah. So a, that was an yeah, incredible that's idea. Good. That's good feedback. Yeah. Thanks. Because, because I think what I wasn't so sure, I mean, I've, I've always understood that that would work as a story, right? What I'm trying to just get my head around is how that would work in the NFT space. Do you see where I'm going with it? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's definitely 
it's okay to um, own a piece of the story. And um, sometimes you right. own the entire story, but mm. sometimes it's fun to own a piece of mm. that story. Yeah, because well, actually one of the things, so again, you could probably, I mean, yourself or anyone else here could sort of guide me a bit on this. You know, what I'm used to in real life, let's call it, um, for example, would be I used to get a lot of kicks out of engagement with my audience, for example, at exhibitions where my work was hanging, right? So I'd be present and the most fun I could have is, you know, not being pushy, just hanging around and, you know, watching what people were kind of interested in on the walls. And, you know, sometimes they'd come up to me and ask questions and then, you know, you tell story. And that was such a value add, I found. Like I always got the same feedback that by giving that extra information about thought process, creative vision behind a picture or a series of pictures in person to the people looking at the work on the walls was a huge value add. And I keep getting that feedback over and over again in, in the real world. So I'm thinking, how do I translate that into the NFT world? Any suggestions or ideas? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, I, I oftentimes say I buy art, but I'm investing in people. And I think that's the same. I mean, that's exactly what you described in a gallery. They're mm -hmm. sitting there and they're looking at your art. But then when they talk to you and they end up buying that art, they're not just buying that piece of art. They're buying that connection that they have with you and the respect that they have from you and what they, if they didn't like you and they didn't respect you when they talk to you, they wouldn't buy that piece of art. And I think that's really true in the NFT world. Um, you know, some collectors may buy just because they're looking for something to um, hopefully maybe invest in, make money in or whatever, but the passionate collectors, they're buying mm -hmm. because they love the art and um, that connection with the artist makes a huge, huge difference in their perceived value of what they're buying. And it definitely does for me. And so, oh, so, that, I, so that works in the NFT space as well. That's good to hear. Oh, absolutely. And so mm -hmm. when you when I talk to somebody and um, I start to build a connection with them and I have I start building a respect for them, it absolutely increases the value of their art to me um, way beyond just the technical details in the art. Um, yeah. I have not just for me, it's buying arts and it's based off of emotion, like an emotional connection with the art, but there's nothing that can actually influence that emotional connection more than a connection back to the artist and the respect for that artist. So mm -hmm. absolutely. I think you're a hundred percent on the right path. All right, cool. So I'd like to share another couple of ideas I picked up just now. Has anyone seen the recent thing by um, Ben Miserick? You know, the guy who wrote uh, bringing down the house and all those books. Um, He's coming up with the idea that um, he's going to sell parts of his screenplays as NFTs to collectors, and then they can get involved potentially in the final production of a of a of a film. Um, so applying that to you know NFT artworks, um, I thought was you know potentially had huge you know potential to to tap into exactly what we're just talking about now, which is the engagement aspect with your um, collectors, getting them directly involved even in the creative process. Um, you know, at some point would, would be pretty cool. Or, um, you know, I hear some guys here who are talking about, you know, using NFTs um, proceeds to help fund future, future, future shoots so they can shoot more and create more NFTs. And I thought to myself, well, if, you, if you're engaging with your collectors on a more personal level, then perhaps what you might be able to do is, 
not only obviously get them to collect your NFTs, but potentially promote the idea that you could, um, I'm thinking out loud here, so forgive me, uh, you could, um, you know, fund, use that to help fund a future project that your collectors have a vested interest in. So that you I think up... it's, sorry, Joseph, I didn't mean to yeah. cut you off. I think what you're saying, I, I totally see like a future of this, because I think the relationship between collector and artist is actually like, it's big you know, where I am at now in like this last two months, I would not be here if it wasn't for some collectors. Like they're part of my bringing up of my journey. But I mm. think that commissioned, I was, I actually sell commissioned pieces. I haven't like promoted this or talked much about it, but I definitely want this in the future with like have this connection with the collectors where for me, it's a yellow, obviously a yellow dress, but they're involved in the entire process of mm. making their, the image for them that like I will I will basically sell to them they get to decide you know maybe they like a forest or they like a mountain or they like a lake wherever I want them involved like involved yeah. in it and I think that's, that's going to be huge cool. moving yeah. forward because you're still creating for yourself but you're actually also creating for your collectors so it's like you know, people say oh you know you've always got to shoot for yourself yeah of course you do um, maybe a red dress. When you're actually getting involved with your you know your your audience directly I mean, it's quite exciting, actually, that that idea, right? You're actually shooting um, for them at the same time as shooting for yourself, which is kind of, you know, not really done before, right? But unless you're on yeah. an assignment, of course, you know, this is this is like taking traditional assignment work, where of course you've got a client and you know, you've got a brief and you're trying to deliver on the brief, right? So we're taking this into the NFT space, um, which I think's got huge potential. Yeah, I yeah. see it as like teamwork and building yeah. a relationship. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's very organic then, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just throw it in real fast that um, Jamie Del Pazzo, um, she has kind of done something that's incredible. She she literally financed her um, her travel, um, you know, her her trip from can't remember where she's Seattle, I think, down to the Baja. And it was a three or four week trip that she's done. And what she did is she sold um, pre like passes basically to where you could buy one and then you could collaborate with her on photographs that she would take along that trip. And so to me, it's just an absolute brilliant piece. I was so happy to be able to participate in it. And I was curious when she first announced it, how, you know, how it would go over and um, amazingly, she sold she sold it out. She sold all the um, spots. I think it was thirty spots that she had. And um, I actually had volunteered to buy um, extra spots, and she sold them out, um, which was just super exciting. And um, it's going to be neat to see how that mm -hmm. because it's going to be a cohesive collection because it's about this journey. She's she's doing yeah. a collection about the journey, but every piece in that collection she collabed with somebody to um create and then obviously um you're going to be able to get that piece um by helping buy it in advance and i, I love i just love the concept of it and mm. i think it's kind of just a start for what could be possible and so it's really i mean we, we're in a space it's literally evolving every single day and so um it's great to, you know, don't get into a box in this space. 
think outside the box because there's so much opportunity and um, opportunity for creative, you know, to be being really creative. Mm. So, I mean, in, in real life, I'm sort of touching on the charity idea as well. I mean, this might spawn just some ideas in the NFT space. So I'm just going to, you know, put it out there um, see what you guys sort of think. But um, for example, I did one project where it was a, you know, it was a paid for assignment, but I wanted to raise the production values and the budget wouldn't allow for it. So I reached out to my audience and I basically said, um, okay, you know, it's for a charity, for a good cause. I need to raise a bit of extra money. Um, and anybody who can contribute will get like a, a shout out because it was for a commercial. I couldn't put them in a credit. If it was a film, I would have put them in a credits. So it was like, you know, executive producer credits. So I said, well, the equivalent of that, I'll do like when the, when the, when the commercial comes live on, you know, um, broadcast, then I'll kind of make a post about it and I'll credit everybody who contributed. And, you know, that sort of helped and got quite a few people on board, which was pretty cool. And, you know, had the sort of um, audience engagement that I wanted as well. Right. And it sort of raised more money to make a better film for the charity. So it was a win-win. Um, so, something like that within the nft space is kind of where i'd be going and you know bringing in a charity appropriately um as well would be pretty cool right it sounds amazing it really really does um i want to jump to josh quick and then we are going to say some final things and close down the room yeah real quick real quick um oh what joseph was saying uh first of all i think it's um your wildest dreams can come true in the ft nft space if you put your mind to it um and jamie's a great example of that because she's a great friend of mine um and it's just ingenuity it we 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 had a little group chat of of uh artists and we all like kind of workshopped it together and you can see what can happen when you take your mind and you take real life experiences and like what you want to do and apply it to NFTs. And I think that's more powerful than uh, no offense. Cause like I, I love making pretty pictures, but like making pretty pictures and having an essence or a value that's unexpressed and that can be addressed and taken and, and have that same thing happen with an investor is really important. So, um, whatever you're thinking, Joseph shoot for it because like the the only thing that can happen is, um, it wouldn't, (laughs) not that the only thing that can happen. What can happen is, is that you might find that you struck gold. Um, but you're never going to find that out if you're too afraid to try. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and I forgot my second point, uh, but maybe it'll come back to me, but yeah, I think that's the beautiful thing about the space and NFTs is that, our real life can really be taken to new levels with this technology. Absolutely. Could I, could I throw in a quick one about platforms or choice of platforms? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay, cool. I mean, like, you know, cause there's a, that I'm looking at, you know, sort of joining, but they're like brand new and they're not on the ETH network and stuff like that. So, but they'll have like fiat on ramps as well as, um, matic and i think you can still use eth as well eth and matic um and fiat but um my point is is that do you think that's deterring anybody at the moment um does it not really matter or do you know i see a lot of people are sticking with foundation and OpenSea, for example 
but um, um I, I don't i don't i don't want to this is like a whole other conversation right sarah i mean i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it has yeah yeah there's so much to say about the platforms but i think everybody in the room like if i joseph i feel like you're new i've i've looked at your thing your account like newer to twitter everyone's yeah. going to tell you to, to honestly start with open sea it's just the best base right now and that's where the most people are and it's like very low risk if you foundation is everybody wants to always run to foundation but it's actually a very difficult platform but you like there's more money invested if you go to foundation right now more like you have to pay more to make your work but open sea you don't so that's usually where everybody starts and then you as you go along in your journey you'll progress there's a lot of uh, really great platforms that you actually have to apply for and like there's a whole month waiting process to even get on sometimes you can't even get on so yeah i think most so, people will say open yeah seat. well i've been thanks for that um just because i've i'm been accepted on the new one savage don't know if you've heard of it and i'm partly drawn to it because it's carbon neutral um which kind of goes with my wildlife conservation side of side of things and um and they have, you know, a high capacity. So for high resolution video, so I have a lot of high resolution video as well as stills. Um, so I think some one of the problems is the, the size limits. I think on some of the other platforms, um, Savage is offering quite large upload sort of uh, limits. Um, so you're getting really high quality um, minting on there um, for basically nothing. So if I can just say real fast, I'd say definitely follow your heart. But in general, my, my advice to everyone that um, comes to me and says, hey, what do you think? Where should I start? I say, follow the liquidity. And where's the money at if you're wanting to sell? And the money right now is on OpenSea. And fortunately, it's also the easiest as far as, um, you know, to actually get started. And then once you've done that, there are some incredible platforms that I think uh, you can start you know, using and experimenting with, but um, just for simplicity, when you first start, if you start on OpenSea, it's going to be really easy, and that's where the majority of liquidity is at this moment. And so, it's not going to stay that way forever, but it's where it's at right now. Okay, noted. Thanks, <laughs> Sarah. I remember my second point. Is that okay? Yeah. Are you, Are you getting hangry? I'm stuck. I'm starving, guys. No way. I'm hanging in until the very end. <laughs> Ride or die, guys. Ride or die. Um, I'll be real quick. Um, because this this was triggered as well from Joseph earlier. Uh, and I don't know why I lost it, but it's back. Um, is specifically when you do gain a couple of collectors, um, Joseph, it's really good to uh, obviously ask them, but figure out <clears throat> um, whether it be Discord, Twitter, uh I don't know, Telegram or whatever, find a way that you can connect with them in a group and create a family and community. Um, it'll help you in the long run because even if you don't necessarily, I mean, it's great to have people to bounce things off of and who better but the people that were the first to really invest in you in the first place. You don't have to do what they say, but it's always good to have somebody that's uh, invested in you individually to bounce those ideas off of so you can get a little bit of, uh, I don't know uh, the best way to describe it, but you know what I'm saying? But 
I've done the same and I found that at the end of the day, whether or not you make a huge amount of money or have a lot of success, at least you feel like you're doing the best that you possibly can do with what you have in front of you. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. I'm so glad you came up in this space tonight. It's always so nice to hear from you because I like listening to you in the morning and then it's really nice to have you here. Um, I want to give Mid a Jungle like the chance. Okay, first of all, this has been an amazing space. So if you are like kind of jumped in halfway or near the end, it is being recorded. I highly suggest you go back and listen because there's a lot of valuable knowledge that has been shared in here. Very solid, valuable knowledge. But I, yeah, I'm gonna say goodnight to you all now. But I really think Meta Jungle is great, and they should just explain a little bit about who they are. It's just a really great, really great place right now for beginners to follow on with Meta Jungle. So love you guys. Thank you, Sarah. Love you very much. Thank you for thanks for hosting with us tonight. I love it. (laughs) Next Friday, we're gonna be back again. Yep, we do it every week, same time, same place. Um, But thank you guys for hanging in with us this evening. This was definitely a great conversation. And I love the opportunity to hear, you know, we've kind of been able to have both sides have hear from artists and from collector point of view, which I think is an awesome combo. Um, But with Meta Jungle, we are a community that um, we provide free tools and resources to help people kind of navigate the NFT jungle, whether it be, you know, from the creator standpoint or from the, the collector standpoint. Point. Um, so just a safe space. We have a Discord community where you can come share your work. Um, we also do a podcast, pr- create some other tools and resources along the way. Um, but lots of things that, to help you learn to navigate, but also to have a community of friends, a safe space to be able to ask these questions to, to be able to learn and grow. Uh, one of the cool things we do is we do an artist feedback AMA session where we have experienced um, artists in, the, in, in real life, but also in the NFT space that can kind of help you um, learn along the way. So basically, we don't all have to learn the same things over and over again. We can all kind of share what we've learned and be able to help. Um, guide each other and also stay up on some of the current events and have great discussions like this. So I know many of you in the audience are familiar with Meta Jungle and are part of the community. If you're not yet, we'd love to have you. So um, our Discord is in our bio. You're welcome to come and join us and we'll love to see you. Alpha, did you have anything? Yeah, I'd just like to say real fast, thank you for everyone that was here and listening. And um, one thing we're going to try and have pretty soon is a spaces about showing and maybe the do's and don'ts, because obviously it's an important part of um, the process, but there's things that I think are more effective than others. And it'd be great to have a discussion. And so we can kind of talk about what things work and what things might not work. And um, I'd love to give some of my, um, just a little bit of input on the things that really get me um, excited and, um, what really makes me want to um, buy something and and what that process is and then maybe some things that might turn me off from doing that and I think maybe turn some other collectors off and I think it'd just be a really good discussion to have and um, might help uh, people that are maybe new that are coming into this space to be able to kind of to figure out that process and maybe some what could be you know better or best practices for for really promoting yourself. 
And so hopefully um, we'll figure out a time to do that. And um, I'm going to see if I can get somebody. I might even try and beg Joshua to, uh, to help me uh, to uh, host that space. And I think, I think it could be really. I'll um, I'll be there. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So done. So we're just going to figure out a time to do it. And I think it could be, uh, it'd be a great space and something that we could learn a lot from. But thank you guys all. Yep. Just kind of like, oh, I was just going to mention, you know, just like it was mentioned when you come into the space, people tell you just to set your own value, value, know your value. And that's also kind of along the lines of you've got to build community. You know, how do you do that? So how to how to promote yourself, how to build that community. So definitely looking forward to that. And thank you, Joshua, for um, helping us out with that. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Well, and I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. It's been an awesome space and appreciate those that have contributed, those that have listened. And we will look forward to seeing you guys all at this time next week. But we'll be making announcements about other spaces and opportunities to learn and grow together coming up. Thank you, guys. Have a great night.